is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. What's up, my peeps? Good to be with you on It's Already Tuesday. June 27, 2023. Man, I hope you're off this week and part of next week. Um, the Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, where you never pay a penny to chat with an attorney. It's absolutely free. Get online right now. Talk to an attorney for free. See, because you don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case. So no consultation fees, no big retainers, no friends, just the best legal representation in the business at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Again, thanks for being here. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. Um, And I mean that sincerely. I know I say it every day. And um, I hope, you know, we, we appreciate each and every one of you, um, including, let's see, who's first in today? Preston Dorfeld. I think that's two days in a row, is it not? Preston, let's go. Kyle A., good to see you. Larry Pilgrim, like program, but Pilgrim. Hello, Pilgrim. Uh, Second, got some news today from my insider, and it all makes sense. The Pac-12 is in a good place. Well, thank God we're saved. Man. Thank God we're saved. Uh, Sebesta, how the heck are you? Look at everybody in today. It feels good. Even Tanner Plummer is here in stuff uh lv seminal sup with you Cy kev four days until four new big 12 members welcome to the conference i tell you it's a big day what is it saturday i believe yeah saturday Saturday, july 1st yep it all changes yes lopes fan gabe i agree hit the like button uh, and let's get to work on the monty show uh, by welcoming Desert Dog AZ to the membership. Let's go, Let's baby. Go. Strong start to the program today. That's how we start the show with a new member. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. Without our membership, again, you guys, I'm not even joking. Without our membership, we would not be um, doing the show that we're doing. We would not be, you know, doing things like going to Big 12 Media Day. We would not be doing things like spending exorbitant amounts of money at the Dallas Cowboys golf course uh, while we're at Big 12 Football (laughs) Media Days. Um, By the way, we should probably talk about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of Texans here. Right. Texans. Texas. Texas. And I know you're all hat and cattle. Right. Okay. Right. Have you played the Dallas Cowboys golf course? And maybe we run this through the show all day today because we're thinking about it. Mrs. Monty is wholeheartedly against the idea of giving Jera $720. Is she? Oh, she's all against it. She is 100% against it. Okay. It's $244 per player just to play. It's in Dallas, so if you have to rent clubs, such as in like myself, right, right, uh, that's another hundred and eight dollars, right. Maybe PXG needs to hook us up or something. I yeah, don't know. Maybe, uh, but it's a hundred and eight dollars for clubs, but you do get a premium leather glove. Wow. That I'm told does not require any th- kind of maintenance. You can just 
climb in bed and put it on your left hand. How about that? Uh, you also get a sleeve of balls or two, I think. You get two sleeves of balls. Well, this turned very adult. But my point is you get a glove, some golf balls, and a full bag of clubs for $108. It's for the two of us. Uh, $720. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm struggling with that. Yeah. That is, uh, that's a lot of bread, dude. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of bread. Uh, Laura Weiss says, hope your tea time is before dawn. She ain't even playing with that. Yeah, it's hot. It, it, hot. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, infamous Montoya says, from the big Lubbock bros. Good to see you. Uh, Montoya and Loy, uh, Laura Weiss, good to see you. Truck Stop Gumby says, uh, go to the gun range with an MG42. Okay, okay. He's an assassin. John uh, Menser, if the glove don't fit, you must quit. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, and we're renting a Bronco too, you know. Yeah, I've heard, you know, my friend Al Collins over here, here is going to be driving uh big al do you know who ac collings is no <laughs> he was a guy driving the bronco so you know the OJ. let me get this right you know the oj bronco reference you just don't know the ac collins who the hell is ac collins well, he, man he, Who's he is he's oj's best friend OJ. and he's the guy that was i thought everybody knew he's the guy that was driving the bronco wow guess i'm not everybody okay which is fine. Uh, Big Al Smitty, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of the Pac-12. This long, slow death is taking forever. Um, but it, it, today, listen, I don't even know. Today's different, bro. Today is, yeah, today's a little different. As we get into as the Pac-12 burns, I, I want to warn you that this is some of the stupidest stuff I have ever heard. And listen, it depends on who you go to for podcasts and... We don't, we used to do a podcast. We understand the grind of, you know, what that is. And you can find our audio podcast anywhere you get podcasts. So Spotify, iHeart, Apple, um, Alexa, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we were sent a link to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. The guest today was John Canzano. Admittedly, I have never seen this podcast. Uh, I've never heard the, the show before. Okay. He, the guy who hosts it is an Oregon fan and I believe lives in Portland, which should have been a hint this was going to be a shit show. And it was because John Canzano works in Portland and the host of Locked On Pac-12 Straight up said, oh, I'm a fanboy. I'm a huge fan of yours. And so he allowed John Canzano to go on his podcast and say, oh, yeah, SMU is contemplating buying in to the Pac-12. And I'm struggling not to laugh. Buying into the Pac-12 um, by paying off the Comcast debt. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. And then they would take no money for the first year in the league. So let me get this right. Uh, you think a major college athletic department can operate with zero TV or media rights money. So no internet, no, you know, nothing. You don't get any royalties for photos or videos, nothing. No media rights money, none whatsoever. 
and they're going to pay $70 million, which in a minute, I'm going to tell you why that's impossible. But, and they're going to pay $70 million to get into the league. Like, it, 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 Jake, this has to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, this, the problem I have with it is it just simply doesn't add up economically, and it doesn't add up with how any uh, institution would operate in realignment. It, it doesn't make sense. And, there, and the argument was... Well, SMU's donor base is full of people from the oil and gas industry, and they make a lot of money. And so, you know, 50 million or 70 million or whatever that number is, is, is you know, that wouldn't be anything to them. And, and so it's a real easy ask. And the problem with that is, is what they're not saying is that, okay, that let's just, you know, surmise that this angle is true, even though it's complete crap and not true. Let's, let's, you know, just surmise it's true. So you're telling me that the donors now are going to step into the school's position, the educator's position. They're going to pay the Pac-12 $50 million or $70 million, and then they're not going to make any money back on that investment so that they can be in the Pac-12? I, I, I'm sorry, how, how does that work? How, how, so going to the Pac-12... Okay, yeah, sure, it would be a raise on paper for SMU, of course, but you're not in this scenario, you wouldn't take money the first year. So I'm trying to understand oil tycoons and and money guys like that in that world don't get rich by giving away their money or making bad investments. That's not how it works. So so if you said, okay, SMU's trying to buy their way into the SEC and they're using oil tycoons and boosters and donors from the oil and gas industry, okay, I could give that a little more legs because it's the SEC and it's well worth your time. But you really think that that it's worth it to make a what what John said a seventy million dollar investment to cover seventy. Like million dollars, dude. So the proposed idea basically is suggesting that, yeah, let's just throw out. We're just going to throw out all the budgets at SMU. <laughs> we're going to throw out all the structure and like the way that, you know, fiscal years work. Like we're going to throw all that out. Right. And Ned in the oil industry who loves SMU and is supporting SMU, he's going to roll up in his G wagon and he's going to drop off a check for $70 million, and that's going to get SMU into the conference. I, it's, what are you it's talking incredible. about, dude? It is, it is incredible to me that this is what the Pac-12 mouthpieces are talking about. And then, on top of I'm, that... It's crazy. On top of that, you went a step further and decided it would be a good idea to criticize, to question the 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 sourcing in the in the in the media and the people that report on on the Pac-12. So you're going to you're going to push some ridiculous idea, then you're going to do that, then you're going to combine that with criticizing the media on so, the whole. John Canzano on this podcast. And this is I mean this is an indicator of how far John Canzano has fallen. Like it is shocking and embarrassing. John Canzano in one breath says the Pac-12 is going to take a $70 million uh, payout from SMU as an entry fee. And then turned around and said, but you've got to watch who you talk to because these wild, ridiculous rumors out there are just lies and half-truths <laughs> to feed the news cycle. Wait, I'm sorry. I thought you just said, and the best part is 
we started like reaching out to people just to like make sure that we were not off base on this. Like maybe we're just out of touch and we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe we missed something. Maybe we have no idea. We've never heard that SMU is going to pay off the Comcast debt. So I reached out to a friend of mine that I talk to regularly in the TV industry about Comcast. And this person said to me, well, how are they going to pay off the Comcast debt when Comcast is withholding the fees to pay off the debt? So there really isn't a way for SMU to just cut a check. So they're just going to cut a lump sum $70 million check? To who? To I guess to the Pac-12. But that isn't Kanzano's story, right? That doesn't make sense. I, I am shocked at the reach that, the, like all I can say is, again, like the homers in the Pac-12, and, and I don't particularly have a dog in the fight. I'm not a Big 12 guy or a Pac-12 guy. I'm a Notre Dame fan. So I understand we're going to lose to Alabama every time they play. I get it, right? I know we don't have the biggest TV audience. I know we don't make the most TV money. But I also know that SMU, and I don't care what athletic department you are, you cannot afford as an institution to make a $70 million payment. You cannot afford to have your boosters make a $70 million payment because how are you going to fund the electric bill at the football stadium? How are you going to fund the insurance premiums? How are you going to fund scholarships? How are you going to just ticket sales? Ticket sales and you better sell a lot of beer. This makes no sense. Did the host of the Locked On Pac-12 ask a single follow-up question? No, they did not. No, he did not. And again, I don't know the guy. He, he, uh, uh, the, what I know of him is what he said on the show. He is an Oregon homer. That's what he called himself. And he is a fanboy of John Canzano. That's what he called himself. There's not a chance on earth that SMU is cutting a $70 million check. And if their boosters, and I don't care how much, and Canzano went on and on, like Jake said, about how they have oil and gas money and they have, you know, 10-gallon hats full of million-dollar bills, apparently. You know. That's all well and good. But if your boosters are cutting $70 million checks for an entry fee to the Pac-12, that still doesn't cover the budget loss of not getting any money at all from a TV deal, mm -hmm. from a media rights deal. That doesn't cover that. So I'm, I promise you, not one person we asked about this today had heard about it or believes that it is true. This is simply just spitballing and throwing shit against the wall so that people will watch your podcast. And they did. And they did. It's, it is apparently one of the most watched Lockdown Pac-12 episodes ever. And I say congratulations. And I don't know that anybody who watches that show knows how much bullshit they shoveled today. And maybe they don't, they don't care about that. And maybe it's just a thing where, hey, Locked On Pac-12 doesn't need you know, regular viewership. Or maybe the people who watch Locked On Pac-12 don't understand how bad it was. But those of us that talk to people in this conference, like for real, like we actually have gone out of our way to make the effort to talk to people at every school in the conference, all the TV partners and prospective TV partners, like actual fucking human beings that work in those institutions and at those companies. Hey guys.
to have to sit through that, that root canal today was painful, painful. And I, I see all the comments of everybody saying, oh, well, he was just throwing ideas out. He was not. Go and watch it. Go, go watch for yourself and listen to him state his opinion as fact. People in the room. That's the, that's the verbiage he used. in the room are telling me SMU wants to pay to get into the Pac-12. He wasn't throwing ideas out, dude. He was reporting facts or what he thinks are facts. And my biggest problem with the whole thing is it doesn't add up. Like, I'm, I'm not concerned. If, if, if we say something and it turns out to be wrong, I'm happy to eat the crow sandwich on that. But what yeah. I'm not happy with or what I'm not cool with is, is reporting things that have no chance of being true. SMU is not paying 50 or $70 million to join the Pac-12. And, and by the way, the $70 million is John Canzano reporting it's $70 million, not 50. Which is also untrue. It's 50. <laughs> the fee is 50. I, I, you know what? And it really bothers me, dude. I am stunned to the level of, and the lack of credibility that John Canzano has, 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 been exposed for in this whole scenario like i cannot believe it i cannot believe it it is shocking that this is a guy who used to be the league columnist in the pacific northwest like a big deal carried a lot of water in that town now you're just not but you're not credible at all you're you're and john canzano i apparently we found out today has a radio show or i think we might have known that um, in, in Oregon, in Portland, he has a radio show and he has his website, but he no longer has editors. He no longer has fact checkers, you know, people that are like, Hey, yeah, we're going to need more information on that right there before we publish it. So we're now we're getting John Canzano reporting, Hey, SMU wants to pay $70 million to Comcast as an entry fee to get into the, to the, the PAC 12. And listen, I, I, SMU, do they have the money? Yes. SMU, it's not in question their, their donor base, their booster base, their none of that is in question. Nobody is questioning their financial ability outside of, of the university to make a $70 million payment. Nobody. But the things that people like John Canzano apparently have stopped thinking about is, okay, well, cool, that's your entry fee. So you take no money because Canzano said they'll pay $70 million and take no money in year one. So you're just, you're just going because that payment comes at the end of the fiscal year. So you're going to go two full years without getting any money. Think about, think about that. If you don't get paid on July 1st, 2024, you got to go this entire year that you just went through and then the next year without getting any money. How are you um, going to afford chin straps at that point? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's remarkable Real. to me. Uh, and Donuts gives us $10 and says, Monty Golf Fund, top of the day, man. Thank you. I hey, appreciate donuts. you, bro. Appreciate that. Cyclone Steve, SMU alums are huge into tridaytrading.com, apparently. Apparently. Because it is... That, that just cannot be true. Yeah. He, you can't tell me, with all due respect to John, because I'm, I'm trying to be kind, but 
This is the second week in a row that this guy has just gotten his testicles crushed mm -hmm. on something really stupid that he said. Oh, hey, the grant of rights in the Pac-12 is done. The first fucking guy, the President Robbins in Arizona that was asked about it said, no, nope, that's not true. That's a lie. Not true. Never heard of it. Didn't see it. The first guy who was asked about it. No, not true. Hey, uh, what do you mean not true? Could they have done it without you? No, nope, can't do it without me. No. Like, and now you're, you're floating the story that, that SMU is going to pay $70 million as an entry. They're going to pay to join the Pac-12 and take no money for two calendar years. Yeah. Like, what sense does that make? Doesn't make any. Doesn't make any. I, All it is is a dog chasing cars, man. It's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. Uh, Renee Roca says, meanwhile, San Diego State asking for an interest repayment plan. <laughs> right? Like, this is, that's a real, <laughs> Renee, that's a really good point. Because here you have, here you have this situation where you've got San Diego State writing a letter right here, writing a letter to the Mountain West Conference asking for a payment plan. And really asking for a 30-day extension and then a payment plan. And then you say, well, San Diego State's honored to have been a founding member of the Mountain West, but we're out. Like, read that, read that. <laughs> read discuss notice requirement. Typically requires notification by June 30th of the year preceding the effective date. San Diego State would like to ask for a one-month extension given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control. Why on earth does the Mountain West care about that? They don't. They don't. And the balls on you to ask for that is incredible. Then in discuss exit fee, with a full consideration of the value added from our recent participation in the NCAA basketball championship game. <laughs> so... <laughs> You finally did what teams are supposed to do. And you went to the NCAA tournament and you think you deserve like a huge financial consideration for that. Apparently. Like, how broke are these universities? That's what comes to my mind. Well, it seems like they're just, I don't know that I'd say they're broke. I think they're running super tight budgets. That's all. I, I think they're not running with any type of uh, any type of cushion or anything. I think they're just saying, okay, how... Because, again, it goes back to this whole concept of academia doesn't want to subsidize athletics. And so what are the, what are the athletic departments doing, right? They're, they're being tasked with, okay, here's a P&L with all the line items, everything from Band-Aids to chin straps to basketballs to uh, 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 boats for the, you know, the rowing team to whatever, right? All those costs are on one sheet. Add them all up. This is the exact number down to the change with tax included that we need to fund our athletic department this year. So when San Diego State wants to leave and they understand, uh-oh, yeah, it turns out, yeah, it turns out that we don't have uh, an extra $17 million. Uh, turns out, in fact, we don't have an extra $34 million, Right. So that's why they want a payment plan because all well, these universities are running tight ass budgets. Look or, at Washington State. That's where exactly. Look at what happened at UCLA with Under Armour. Look at what's going on at UC Berkeley with Memorial Stadium and that whole renovation disaster. Yep. 
Like you look at the Pac-12, and I, I you know, the, I just go back to the poor decision making. I mean, you look at the conference, you look at the shortcuts the conference has consistently taken. I, I just don't know how you explain this idea that SMU. I mean, it's unfathomable to me yeah. that SMU would would take a two-year hiatus from getting paychecks in their athletic department. Like, how do you... I, I don't, I don't well, understand. It, it, it's I, it's I am, founded on the concept that, dude, that SMU is desperate to join a Power Five. That's If you think about this, yeah. this whole concept of, of SMU yeah. paying $70 million by John's reporting is founded on the idea that, hey, they are so desperate to join a P5 that they will pay that much, which I just, I don't agree with. I don't think anybody in realignment no. is so desperate to re into the negative. I just don't believe it. Because no matter who pays it, and I see a bunch of people saying, well, if boosters pay it, why does it matter? Well, Okay, so if your booster pays the Pac-12 $70 million, how much are they paying you? Do they have another Do they have another $30 million to offset? So that's $100 million now. Your boosters have just $100 million they're willing to pay to get you into a, a conference where, by the way, again, I would remind you, there's no precedent set for people to, to be paid full scale. When and if the Pac-12 expands, yeah. Like, what is to say? And let's just say, because you know, Canzano today said that that the Pac-12 is going to get a media rights deal that's going to far surpass the Big 12. They're gonna they're they're gonna make more money. Okay, so let's say they make thirty-two million dollars. How much money is SMU getting year two? Because they're paying seventy million to get in the league. Taking nothing in year one, how much money are they going to? Are you telling me that somebody in a media rights deal is willing to pay SMU $32 million a year? And you're telling me that's because you believe, and, and this is the crux of the SMU value conversation. You really believe that SMU delivers you the Dallas Fort Worth area. You truly believe. That if SMU and Oregon State are playing a game, everybody in Dallas is going to put down their, their iced tea and they're going to go turn on a TV and make sure they don't miss that SMU-Oregon State game. Hell no. You really believe that? Because I don't believe that. Now, if you want to tell me that Texas is playing Alabama or Texas is playing Old Miss or Texas is playing any other middle-of-the-road SEC team, I, I, I believe most of Austin, a good part of Houston, a good part of Dallas, are going to flip on the TV and yeah. watch the Texas Longhorns play football. Yeah, I also believe very passionately that if TCU is playing anybody in the Big 12, BYU and TCU are playing. My guess is Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex is going to watch a TCU game it, of note in the Big 12 before they turn on SMU. God bless. And again, tell me I'm wrong. Tell, tell me I'm wrong. Let's, let, I mean, make the argument that 
And I understand, I don't know shit about Texas. A guy told me yesterday, you're not from here, you don't get it. Well, I know it's fucking hot, and I know you guys love football in Texas. <laughs> but you know what I don't get? I don't get how, how the Pac-12 believes that there's a TV contract out there that pays full fare for SMU and full fare because they believe SMU delivers the D Dallas Metroplex. Yeah, somehow I don't see that. And until it's in writing right in front of my face, I'm probably not going to believe it. Yeah. Because I have a hard time with that. You look at Texas. It's two conferences. It's the SEC and it's the Big 12. And really, it's the Big 12. Really, it's the Big 12. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you argue that. Now, obviously, A&M and... and I, I totally understand. A&M and Texas, those are huge fucking brands. I get it. The SEC has a big part of Texas. Yeah. The Big 12's got a bigger part of Texas, in my opinion. And nobody's bigger than Texas, UT. I totally get that. But I think you look at footprint, you look at reach. Everybody wants to write off Texas Tech, and I'll, just, I'll be the only one to sit here and defend them. Because I'm telling you, Texas Tech is not insignificant. Texas Tech is going to be a better team this year. And I think Texas Tech is on the path to doing some really good things. And they matter. And they're in the Big 12. Well, and I think the concept of strength in numbers is spot on here when it comes to just the state of Texas. I mean, again, just like you said, Texas is the biggest brand. But I think when you look at the Big 12 and you start saying, okay, hey, we got this team and that team yeah. and that's it. Like, hey, you know, you start adding things up. And yeah, sure. Is, is, it, is one single game bigger than Texas? No. But... For as a business entity, when you're looking at a profit and loss statement and you start looking at, hey, these guys yeah. made this much and you made that much and he made that much and she made that much. Yeah, I think that there's a chance, logically speaking and financially speaking, that that could be a bigger financial footprint than just Texas and 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 A&M. Yeah, I, I don't again. I get it. I'm not from Texas, and so there's no possible way that I can understand football in Texas, to which I say I laugh at you. I do. Uh, just a rowdy dude from South Carolina uh, gives us $5 to say, breaking San Diego State asked if they could pay 70 fish tacos to join the Pac-12. <laughs> I, I might take them up on that. Well, and the official sponsor of that's going to be Cafe Coyote in Old Town. You know that, right? It's our spot, dude. It's our spot. Uh, McKay Boyle, SMU wanting to give themselves a second death penalty. Yeah. For free. Uh, Warren Boyd, maybe Pac stated you pay this and you're in. Plus, we guarantee eight win seasons. By the way, Monty and Jake, sunscreen and water is a must when you play golf in Texas. Oh, sir. Yes. Should we pay $720 to play at the I'm Dallas Cowboys golf it, bro. course? I, I got to be honest. I'm really struggling with that number, man. Like... And then I was thinking about it too. Like we're not even playing with our own clubs, so like, yeah. you know, like you you know how hard. But it is even for if those it was, golf. dude, even if it was our own clubs, that's five hundred bucks. Yeah, that's five hundred bucks. And but it's, you get food. You get like I, I don't know anything past five hundred. I guess maybe is what I started. And the bigger with. issue is when you we routinely play at Canyons Golf in Park City. It's a nicer golf course than the Dallas Cowboys course. We watched like the, the drone video of the Dallas Cowboys golf course and the reviews, and it's not nearly as nice as Canyons Golf, which is our home course. Yeah. So I'm going to pay $500 to 
to play a not as nice course as I'm used to playing. You're paying it to because see. Because it's garbage. To, to hopefully run into Jarrah while he's circumcising Skeeters. Yeah, Skeeters. Skeeters. Uh, Desert Dog AZ gives us $10. Appreciate that. Uh, K2, a new member. What's up? Let's go, baby. Welcome to the membership, K2. Appreciate you. Look at all you guys coming through. I appreciate that. Renee Roca says, too damn hot to be playing golf. Oh. Well, the tee time. So here's the struggle, though. Quick sidebar. Not going to get derailed here. Quick sidebar. The tee times for like 4.30. That was the latest tee time we could get. 4.30 in the afternoon. I mean, you're, we're cooking out there. Now, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I can lather up in sunscreen and get my bucket hat out. And I can, you know, I can play the sunscreen game. Absolutely. But my God, mm. dude. 500 bucks and really 700 bucks in this case. Yeah, I don't it's know. Heavy, bro. That. I don't know about all that, dude. I do know that uh, no matter what happens when I play golf, Bucked Up powers us through our rounds because Bucked Up Energy is the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Let's do our buck shot like we always do at 3.30 every day. Let's go. Uh, we drink our buck shots. So cheers, friends. <sighs> Yummy. Buckshot watermelon, my favorite. I got a bunch of it. I take it when I golf. I take it when I do the show. Galf. It makes a big difference. And the thing I love about the Buckshot is that it is, it's easy to drink. They taste great. And you really don't notice any, you don't get jitters, nothing. It's only 100 milligrams caffeine, but it gives you this mental lift. Yeah. You just feel crisper, clearer. It's almost like you pop the clutch, you put it, you know, like, and you just hit the gas. Yes. That's what it feels like. Put it in gear, hit the clutch, and you're good to go when you drink a buckshot. I want to give you six free samples. It's in the description below. Uh, but I would also tell you guys, you got to check out the buck bars. They are spectacular. Had a buck bar as I do every morning. Um, and they just help you be less hungry. That's the thing. It satiates you. Satiation. And it does that because they're nice and tasty. They use things like dates, natural sweetening, um, so it's not a huge spike in blood sugar because you're not using all kinds of crazy oils and sugars and you're using great ingredients like whey protein isolates that give you reliable energy that's long lasting. That's what I love about it, by the way, in the description below here on YouTube and on the audio podcast, you can get uh, a free sampler pack of buck bars sent right to your front door. <laughs> Just click the link in the description. You guys will thank me. Because Bucked Up Energy is life-changing, I promise you. Uh, it makes a difference for me, and I think it'll do the same for you. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe gives us $5 to say, save your 200 each and just golf Torrey Pines next time you're in California. I mean, I, I can't lie. I mean, that's yes. not a bad idea, bro. That's a great idea. I'm a, at Torrey Pines, we can we can drive out there and take our clubs. We can, like, yep. California's reasonable. Yep. Rick Forrester, new uh, Let me whip show. it out here. Let's go. Let's go. Love it, Rick. Welcome to the program. Appreciate you. And you guys, it's easy to become members. You click that little join button right in front of you, um, and you can see that um, it just asks you what level of membership that you want to uh, you know, what level of membership do you guys want to join at? And I'm telling you, you can join for as little as $1.99 a month. $9.99 gets you into our exclusive Instagram group um, where you get to chat with all the boys and you hear how great Victor Wambanyama is from Big Daddy Magic. Uh -huh. Like, 
It's amazing. Victor's the way. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, that Victor's the way, but it's fine. Um, Suck it up, Buttercup gives us $5 to say, can't wait until Utah gets to Waco for the second game. Should be between 130% to 140% on the field. It's going to be a great game. I'm telling you, Baylor, it's a big year for Baylor. Yeah. There, there's there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Baylor is, I think Baylor was one of the disappointments in this league last year in the Big 12. I mean, Oklahoma State, that's a big year for Oklahoma State. I think it's a big year for Kansas to back up what they did last year. You know, again, TCU, Sonny Dykes, I, 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 they have to backslide a little here. A little bit, yeah. How do Best. you not backslide? Yeah. And the expectations are going to be. Although, I, I have to say, I mean, again, you're you're in a place now where you know that you can do some special things. You know, you know that you have the culture set up to develop guys and get them into a, play, a certain place. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another playoff appearance, a college football playoff appearance, but a, a national championship game, I think, would be crazy. Yep. Rick Forrester, one of our newest members, says, I need fart sounds, please. Why, why do you, It's only 3.37, dude. Why do you need fart sounds already, man? We're not. We're halfway through hour number one of the show, and yeah. people are requesting farting. Like, yeah, it, it's... I mean, I I, I, you know, it's a little early. You know, it's never too early. Connor Johnson, how many times has Rick become a member? Deja vu? A lot of different Ricks, man. Yeah, there's a lot of different Ricks. You can... I mean, it's... it's at a minimum, it's once a month, so... I, I don't I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Jim Willis, SMU would also have to pay AAC exit fee. Correct, they would. They would. Bryce Martin, who are you guys most looking forward to hearing from at Big 12 Media Days? Um, oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, Coach Gundy, Coach Sataki, I think for certain, I think. Hopefully Mr. Yormark. Well, absolutely. But I, I think if you, I mean, there's not a coach in this league that doesn't have a story to tell. Uh, you look at Steve Sarkeesian at Texas on the way out the door. Uh, Brett Venables at Oklahoma, I think, is an incredibly compelling um, situation because you, you're going from the frying pan into the fire, from the Big 12 to the SEC. Um, you know, I mean, there's, again, I, I make a list. You know, what is... What are the expectations at Cincinnati? We've had this conversation a thousand times, right? You know, like I just, I, I don't know that there is a boring conversation. Like, again, you look at Baylor. I think it's a critical year in the development of Baylor. You know, like Grimes went down to Baylor and everybody thought that was the cherry on top and that turned out not to be the case. You know, and I'm not saying Grimey's at fault there, but yeah, I mean, you just didn't get the result that you thought you were going to get there last year. Yep. Um, especially when two years ago you were really good. So I think there's a lot of really compelling storylines. How much pressure is there now at Houston, right? I mean, you, you've, you've gone through and you've, you've gotten into the Big 12. Your basketball program's arguably the best program in the country right now. Sampson gets a huge extension. Is Houston now a basketball school again? I mean, maybe, possibly, I would think so. You know, like I, I think that UCF is incredibly compelling right now. You know, like it, it does UCF matter in the grand scheme of things? Fuck yeah, it matters. I think it's really important to have that kind of representation in Florida and, and that kind of reach. I think that's really important. Yeah. Like there is not a boring storyline in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the same thing about the Pac-12. I mean, I, I think, you know, we will not be at Pac-12 media days. 
uh, unfortunately, but I think it will be, it's going to be very interesting to hear. It's, it's going to be very interesting to hear how many guys like John Canzano wind up, you know, slurping at the teeth. Like how many guys, because you already know you've had George Klyovkov on your show, right? How many people are willing to ask difficult follow-up questions? After the envelope calculations. How many people are willing to ask compelling follow-up questions at Pac-12 Media Days? How many? Who, who is it? Who's willing? That's a huge question. Yeah, I mean, and maybe I we should go. Yeah. Maybe we should go. I don't know. But I think it is... Dude, I think it's really important that pertinent, direct questions are asked. Because if we get to Pac-12 football media days and we do not have a, a Pac-12 media rights deal, which I would find shocking, Couldn't hard believe to believe. It. July 21st. It, yeah. If we, I mean, if we, if we get to Pac-12 football media days and there is not a, a, a deal in place, that would be... I mean, I just don't understand. Like, okay, if you don't shocking. get a deal done before July 21st, you're sending George Klyovkov out to pasture. You're basically saying, hey, yep, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know. Like, what, what what is he supposed to say? I mean, what is going to be... Because that's, that's what I'd be looking for. You know, like, okay, if I'm going to go to Pac-12 Media Day... Because notice it's one it's day, one not day. two. It's media day. It used to be days. It's now day. You know, what? what is the situation? So, A, do they have a deal or not? Okay, let's say they don't have a deal. Yep. What is the patented, you know, talking points? Hey, well, what about the grant of rights situation? What about this? What about that? Well, X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. That, you know, hey, I'm prepared on my talking points. Will he have talking points? Will he be prepared? Will... Like, I'll be curious to see how they go about that. If they do have a deal, just how far are they going to bloviate about that deal? How far are you going to stretch the positivity on that deal to make it feel like Pac-12 Media Day was a well, success? Because I think that's also something that should be noted. Yeah, I think that is a, I think that's a huge thing. And I, I really hope, I really hope that and I hesitate to say it out loud. I really hope that somebody shows up with a set of balls and asks the pertinent questions. Hey, how much damage has been done to this conference through this media rights negotiation? Oh, none whatsoever. Okay, well, so you don't think that it hurts you in recruiting and you don't like you need to ask follow-up questions. You don't think this hurt your brand? You, like there's got to be there's got to be follow-up questions. Hey, you know. And let's, based on what the TV deal is and the media rights deal is, like streaming, like who's still here? Is anybody announced they've left? Like you need real conversations in this league. You need the thing that is lacked so painfully in the, in the Pac-12 is truth, it, honesty, forthright, open communication yeah. has lacked in this conference. And... I love that, you know, again, like Kenzano in Portland today talking on this podcast about how, you know, it's the media's fault and the media is the one putting the message out and the media is the one causing confusion in the media, which by the way, you're part of the media, dude, or at least you used to be. And oh, by the way, I'll say again, by the way, W-H-E-Y, 
Uh, it's your presidents in this league who have caused the confusion. Yeah. Because President Robbins and Kirk Schultz and you, know, like you look at Colorado talking and Arizona State talking and the Arizona State AD talking and the president talking and saying different things than like, can you, President Crow and Ray Anderson, who's the athletic director at Arizona State, quite literally saying two different things. <laughs> it's not the media that's caused the firestorm. It's your presidents talking that have caused the problems. Yeah. It's San Diego State completely humiliating you and them, and now these letters become public. That's what's damaged the brand of the Pac-12. That's an issue. Right? That's what's hurt 100%. recruiting. Yeah. That's what's hurt reach. That's what's hurt you know, par partnerships and athletic departments. You have revolts in your athletic departments between academics and athletics at Washington State. Yeah. I mean, that's the media's fault? Maybe it's Kurt Schultz saying, oh, we're days away here. Well, because let's not forget the buttes out of Kurt Schultz. The president of Washington State yeah. saying, oh, hey, you know, oh, man, if the optics on this thing weren't so bad right now, you know, maybe, uh, oh, we'd have a deal. Why is it dragged on so long? I think it's just the environment. It's the uncertainty in the economy, uh, the layoffs in the tech sector and other places. I mean, look at the major media companies have almost all laid off people and so have some of the major players in the tech sector. And you know, I know at least one of the partners we were talking to said. And do you notice right there what he does when he goes into story time? I, and I'm going to play that again. Watch how he pushes the paper away and he starts playing with the table, which is an obvious tell that you're full of shit, sir. Why is it dragged on so long? I think it's just the environment. It's the uncertainty in the economy, uh, the layoffs in the tech sector and other places. I mean. Look at the major media companies have almost all laid off people and so have some of the major players in the tech sector. And, you know, I know at least one of the partners we were talking to said, already assigned today with the optics of us announcing that we're laying off X number of people. And we signed, you know, this multi-million dollar deal with the Pac-12 are just simply not the best. So we're going to have yeah, um, and then like a week later, ESPN announced that they had hired Pat McAfee for $150 million. Come on, guy. And you can tell that he's he is, in my opinion, bloviating and lying yes. because he's pulling at his ear and he's playing with the table and he's moving the paper. And yeah, there's no bad optics outside of the Pac-12. You're the bad optics, bro. Yeah. You are the bad optics. I might ask Not why you're live streaming your meetings, by the way. Like, it's, in, it's a, the dysfunction. It, the, the dysfunction it, it is, is amazing to me. Yeah. It is. So it's no surprise, though, when the SMU narrative gets run out there by none other than Gonzalo. I, it's not surprising. It's, it's not surprising at all. You know, and I, I just look at those situations. And I look at John Canzano, who is very clearly a mouthpiece for the, the Pac-12. I truly believe he has relationships in the Pac-12, and I believe he feeds off the teat of those relationships, meaning he says, and I love that he's like, oh, well, you know, you have people in the media who, you know, they're talking to people at these institutions who are trying to destabilize. 
And Canzano goes on about how the Big 12 has hired a consulting firm and they've reached out to media members who, they just regurgitate all of the, the lines they're given. Well, okay, so wait, let me get this right. John Canzano, you went on your apparent radio show and said on your website and on Twitter that the grant of rights in the Pac-12 was done. And then like two hours later, President Robbins went on the Paul Feinbaum show and eviscerated you. When I landed, I saw some reporter said, is this true? And it was a a tweet uh, from one of the other reporters saying the deal with the big, uh, the uh, Pac-12 is done. Uh, Details to follow. And and so my answer was, I've not been informed about any of the information in this tweet. Dude, like. Any confusion there? This is what's wrong with the Pac-12. This is what's wrong with the Pac-12. It's not that the media or these dastardly Darth Vader type consulting firms that are sticking their fingers in my butt. Like, that's not what's happening. I am your father. You're being told what to say. You're being, you're being told to be part of the positive spin and you get caught being dishonest about it. In my opinion, Yep. you get caught saying things like the grant of rights is done. The first guy of authority that was asked about it said, yeah, this reporter has no idea what he's talking about. And then the president at Washington state and the president in Arizona, it's not the media's fault. These guys won't shut up. That's and it's correct. not and it's not the media's fault that they picked that the conference picked John Canzano, who's terrible at being a mouthpiece. Like it's it's amazing to me. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. I, I and I don't know how you explain it. Uh Gilstrap. Yeah. Yeah. It's about hey. time you showed up on time, slick. Hey. It's Gilstrap. How about that? Pac twelve media days exclusively on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Live streaming. And stuff. Another narrative that I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah, Apple TV is going to pay to produce all this product. No, they're not. They're not. You know. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, so I just watched the Lockdown Pac-12 show with Kanzano in it, uh, and it felt like Kanzano and the hosts were trying to find anything that could save the Pac-12. It was sad. It is sad. It is sad. It feels like you're manufacturing talking points. Like, there is... And I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I am completely wrong. There's no way on God's green earth they're paying $70 million to get into the Pac-12. Yeah. SMU is not doing Just that. don't see how that works. There, there, there's no way. No way. Clint Mose says, back the pack. Uh, and Donuts says, they want me in rehab. But I said, no, 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 John Canzano. Mm-hmm. It's a direct quote, I believe. Right. Uh, Connor says, LOL. Um, why is everybody... Oh, back the pack. See the, the back pack. Oh, it's, it's just like a backpack and back the pack. Got it, got backpack. it, okay. Connor Johnson says, can you drop a backpack in the comments on positive days? I don't like the downer days. Well, sir. <laughs> Good news for Beef Fan, by the way, right? Beef Fan here. Reeser's looking nice. Reeser is looking nice. Almost done. Dude, I'm telling you. I am telling you. Oregon State's a problem. Two letters that will make or break the Oregon State Beavers this coming season. DJ. That's it. That's it. If their guy DJ plays some music well and wah, wah, spins the... the uh, 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 uh.
you know, uh, Oregon State's going to be fine. If DJ Uyunglele is the quarterback Clemson hoped he'd be. Because it's garbage. They're going to be unbelievable. Uh, the Tater Man said, it's hard to figure out what the biggest elephant in the Pac-12 room is at the moment. Seems we have a whole parade of them at the moment. We do. You absolutely do. And, it, and it's hard to get around them. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, doesn't ESPN have a vested interest in the Pac-12's failure? And we've talked about this at length on the channel. Um, I don't think ESPN has a vested interest in the failure of the, big, of the Pac-12. Which is also interesting because they are wholeheartedly partners with the Big 12. Our sources told us that ESPN encouraged the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to have conversations and the Pac-12 declined. And since that moment, ESPN has taken a number of steps that would appear to make them leaning towards the Big 12's success and the Pac-12's failure. Right. Certainly their refusal to get into a bidding war with... Amazon, ESPN refused to bid against Amazon. Hundo P refused to get into a bidding war with the with the with the, with Amazon. Yeah. And I think what's quite interesting is that not only did the folks at ESPN point blank say we're not competing with Amazon because they're not Amazon almost immediately pivoted away from the Pac-12 at that point. Mm-hmm. And that, that was October, and the narrative changed as soon as we broke that story on this show. Amazon went from all-in, let's do it, to, uh, you know, I think a Pac-12 Friday night game of the week is what we're after. And now, by reports... Again, exclusively on this show. Amazon's not so interested in Pac-12 content at the moment. Uh They are more focused in other areas of content distribution. And I think a lot of that played on the ESPN situation. I think ESPN and Fox combined nudging the Big 12 to come to market early, two years early. And note how quickly... The Big 12 got a TV deal done with Fox and, and ESPN and ABC. Coincident? Could no. be. Coinky dink? Could be. But Bob Bullsby didn't have much trouble getting expansion done. Then Brett Yormark comes in, no problem getting a TV deal done. By the way, who played a huge role in both of those things? ESPN. Mm-hmm. Not, not accidentally. Very purposefully. So the notion that ESPN has a lot more to gain with a thriving Big 12, it's not unfounded. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Rowdy, at all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, Because they have enough influence to keep them off Comcast, Hulu, and YouTube TV. I think that ESPN plays chess while everybody else is playing Uno. Right. Not even checkers. You're not even in the same realm of board game yeah, with you're ESPN. You're not even on the board yet. Because you're playing in ESPN's world. 
And it is, it is one of the things I find so shocking is people don't understand that Fox and ESPN are actually really good partners. They work together quite well because ESPN, again, doesn't view Fox Sports as a competitor. Right. Because they're not. They're partners on the NFL. That much is very clear. They're not competitors in college spaces because, frankly, ESPN doesn't need to compete. So when everybody was like, oh, look at those pricks at ESPN. They're out on the Big Ten. <laughs> now we showed them. <laughs> well, it, it, it turns out actually not so much because they got the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Oh. And they got the best college basketball in the ACC. And you have a piece of the best league in college basketball, the Big 12. Fox got what they wanted. ESPN got what they wanted. Yep. And ESPN didn't overpay for the Big 10 like everybody else did. So when everybody start talking to you about, oh, man, ESPN, whew, those layoffs prevented them from getting the Big Ten deal. They did not. You know why ESPN doesn't need the Big Ten deal? Because they're about to renew with the NBA. They've got Major League Baseball. They've got the NHL. They've got a piece of pretty much everything in college sports. F1. They've got F1, which costs them almost nothing. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to, to understand why everybody thinks ESPN's failing. And it's because I think most people don't understand the TV sports rights game. Because it's, it, it's a $100 billion game. Yeah. And ESPN has plenty of money to win the game. And by not having Big Ten carriage, I think they're in a much better position. Because the Big Ten is, is three teams. A year from now, it'll be five teams. Yeah. And maybe you get lucky and Minnesota comes back to life. And maybe you get lucky and Iowa comes back to life. Maybe, maybe you're a, a five, six, seven team league, but you're never going to get Rutgers. And listen, I understand it. I understand you needed, you wanted New York City. Totally get that. Maryland's never probably going to win in football, but I get it. You needed Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. But let's not sit here and pretend that the Big Ten is some behemoth of a league because they're not. The Big Ten is not the preeminent sports enterprise in, in the United States. They just happen to be really good at making money. That's it. They have the biggest TV deal. Yeah. Does that make them the best league? No. In fact, I, I, I again, and I know we do, we've done it a million times on this show, I think I can make an argument they're one of the sh most shallow football leagues in the country. And relax, Ohio State fan. Relax. Yeah. I'm not looking at you, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Although Penn State, with Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno, shouldn't be playing football. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at you, Indiana. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at you, Illinois. I'm looking at you, Wisco. Although Wisconsin, obviously, with Luke Fickle, you would expect. I'm looking at you, Nebraska. Although Nebraska with... But right now, this is a three-team league. And I think ESPN did themselves a huge bit of justice. And really smart business by making sure that they downloaded the Papa Murphy's app because they know 
for a fact that the meatball marinara is amazing. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you download the Papa Murphy's app. Make sure that you, friends, make sure that you, friends, try the meatball marinara. Put it on top of your calzone. It's amazing. Do it. It's amazing. Come on, that transition was fire. It was great. It was some of your best work. Some of your best work, man. Are you ever going to say, hey, that was some of your best work? Good job. No, because I don't want to ruin the flow. You're on the flow. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, kill the vibe, dude. I know. I know. Uh, the Advocates are your presenting sponsor every day on the Monty Show. Right into a terrible. Be better. I, be I, better. Uh, Review the tape and be better. Chris, Good Lord. Uh, bail me out, Chris, because that, that oh, was. Oh, dude, your, your, your leading could have been Leonard Fournette. You know, I'm talking about his car blowing up on the side of the freeway. Yeah, did you did you guys see that? By the way, that uh, Leonard Fournette was driving a Durango SRT, you know, on the freeway. One of the most powerful SUVs. Good old Hank Voigt, Chicago PD, greatest show in the history of television. Drives a Durango SRT, right? Leonard Fournette apparently was driving that car on the freeway. It caught on fire and burned to the ground. Yeah, Andy has red leather seats. Fortunately, no one was hurt. You know, but <laughs> fortunately. But. Hey, by the way, uh, you're a Utah. You're a, I'm a Utah man, am I? Uh, you, you, well, see, you're a Utah man, are you? It doesn't really work backwards, but you went to Utah. You're, you're, you, do you have a rooting interest in Pac-12, Big 12? Do you, are you a noted supporter you know, of one or the other? I, I went to, um, you know, I went to the University of Utah right when they were going from Mountain West Conference to the Pac-12. Um, and I don't know if I'm necessarily a big Pac-12 fan, but I feel like the Pac-12 has a little chink in its, uh, in its tinfoil there that it's, it's, (laughs) in its it's tinfoil. It's not like it, it's not like it was, you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens these next couple of years with the Pac-12, um, and how that's going to affect the youths. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it, it's really important because the football program's elite. And the funny thing is, uh, Mark Harlan, who's the athletic director at, at Utah, just retweeted an article from Sports Illustrated that talked about how many championships uh, the Pac-12 has won in secondary sports. And that's a crazy thing, uh, by the way, is that they have won a significant number of uh, championships in secondary sports. But but neither here nor there. Um, you know, I, last time you were on the show, you were telling me about all your crossfitting and whatnot. And <laughs> I, I believed we joked about that your, your whole family are elite athletes because you, are you guys still doing the crossfitting endurance training stuff? Yeah. I mean, we, we, that's what we do. I mean, it's, that's what, um, I do a lot of endurance, you know, I cycle a lot. I, you know, I bike and, and run the big the big thing this year, though, is I'm doing the Wasatch 100. So I'm, I've been out a lot recently, running up wow. in the mountains, and uh, we'll see how I do on that. I I feel pretty good, but you know, don't tell me uh, the 100 means you have to run 100 miles. 
Well, you know, you're not running the whole hundred miles. You know, you're, there's a lot of walking uphill, but you're on your feet the whole time. And we'll see. You know, it's I've I've uh, you know I've done a lot of big events, but I've never done yeah. something like this. We'll see how it goes. You know, my wife over the my wife's training for a triathlon. She she rode 25 miles on her bike, and I thought that was insanity. Right on the I guess it's the Jordan River Trail. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, her and her, her and her partner that they're training for this race together, got on a bicycle and rode twenty five miles. Meanwhile, I walked eight thousand steps at a golf course and thought maybe my life was going to end. But I don't know. I don't know when you're talking yeah. about run walking and a, a hundred miles. Like, where do you start and where do you end? Like, what hundred miles is covered? So you start. You start in Fruit Heights, and you go from Fruit Heights up the mountain up Bear Canyon to. Francis Peak, which is those towers up above Farmington. And then you just take basically the the mountains and you go all the way over to Big Mountain to Lambs Canyon, up to oh. Brighton, and then down into Midway oh. where it finishes. So it's it's a it's a big event with a lot of climbing, but it's 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 one of the premier hundred mile races in the country. You know, you have the yeah. Western States one hundred. Are know, you wearing you have, your hokas for that race or like What's on your feet? How do you keep, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you keep your feet? Like, I, what's going through my head is how ugly are your feet when that race is over? You know, you got to take care of your feet, you know, and, you know, my, my feet aren't too bad, you know, but I've, <laughs> I've seen worse, but dude, you, you, you make sure you have a couple pairs of shoes that you can switch out of during the event so you keep your feet fresh. Is that, how many days is that? You start on Friday and then you have to finish. I think it's in 36 hours. So you start Friday at 5 a.m. and, and oh then you finish the next day, Saturday at, you know, how much? Dude, that's a hundred miles. Like, like yeah. you're, you're like Moses parting the damn seat. Like it took Moses more than 36 hours, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> I, that is a, that I am so proud of you. That's, that's amazing. Well, I, the I haven't training done it, alone I haven't done it yet. You know, I haven't done it yet. The training, the training hasn't been bad. There's a couple of buddies of mine that I train with a lot and that have done these events before. And so it kind of helps me understand a little bit what I need to do to get ready for it. But it's, Whew. you know, these, these events, these endurance events where it kind of challenges your mind a little bit that, yes. that, you know, that's the battle, you know, your, your body it hurts, you know, you're in pain, but it's, it's kind of this mental struggle to keep going and to persevere. And do you, I don't know, you know what who, who, uh, I can't think of as Huberman. Um, yeah, you know, okay. He talks about meditating during endurance and I don't know how you guys, I don't know how you, I don't know. You just, you must get to a point where you're, and I don't mean to belabor the hundred mile race, but when you're doing a hundred miles in the mountains, there's got to be a point where you're just not physically present, where you're it's, just where you're just going. You've got to go somewhere in your mind because you can't tell me at some point you're you're not thinking about. Good lord, I've got thirty-seven miles to go. Yeah, they call it this. You know, there's different words for it. They sometimes they call it like this high. You know, I've <laughs> I've never experienced a high before necessarily, but like they they also talk about like a flow state. Um, hmm, right. And that's probably what, that's probably a little bit more what I can identify with is you just kind of get in this groove. Yep. 
and your mind is kind of um, what they maybe call equanimity. Yeah. You know, you're not like uh, you're not thinking about the end. You're you're kind of just in the present, you know, and you're in the moment, and you just kind of get in this flow state where you just kind of you keep moving and. Yeah, that's like and, the 14th fairway for me. You know, I hit that 14th. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, I would, I would golf and I had a charity event last week that I went golfing at. And it's funny. I do these big endurance events. I was so freaking tired after golfing 18 holes in the heat of the day. I was yeah, like, dude. this is, and I was in a cart, you know? Yeah. So it was, you know, it, it's, uh, can you, you know, play? I, I have a little bit, a little bit, but, but there's, there's, there's a unique thing about golf is there's, there's a lot of, um, how, how do you say it? Like you're thinking, I mean, you're, 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 you're constantly like thinking about how you're positioned, how your hands are positioned, your shoulders, Mm -hmm. your wrists, your body. Like there's a lot of kind of mental calculations that you're doing. And I think that's, that's what kind of tires you out is you're constantly, you know, doing yes. these little calculations in your head. You know, like I had a, I had a week long trial a couple of weeks ago and you know, we're sitting all day in court and I get home at the end of the day from this trial and it was five days and I was exhausted. Yeah. You know, like more so than after I go on a big run or bike ride and th- there's been, a, you know, the studies, talked about this but when you use your mind mm-hmm. and you're constantly you know kind of mentally engaged i mean it it burns a lot of calories and so yes, it does yeah. i think that's why golf tires you out is you're sitting there you know you're you're constantly kind of doing these calculations in your head and you and know, that's why i in golf, like the thing that kills me is we'll play with guys and i'm not a drinker but they're like we'll play with guys who will just be like pounding beers and like they're entering the flow state. Yeah, they're entering the flow state. <laughs> exactly right. right? Like, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm drinking water and bucked up over here and you're drinking Coors Light and you're killing me. And I'm trying like I I don't it, there's this the flow state. Yes, is real. It is um, talking to Chris from the advocates. You know, the, the thing I always tell people about the advocates is that it really is about service with you guys. And the, the thing that's amazing to me, Chris, is that you guys genuinely are out in the communities that you guys serve. And I think it's one of the things that really separates you. You know, you see all these fly-by-nights and you hear all about this attorney and that attorney and we do this and we do that. And you guys are collecting bicycles for charity and you guys are like, you do all this stuff. Why is your community component so important? You know, it's, it's funny that you bring this up. I mean, just this morning, I was on Good Things Utah, um, and we were talking about this apple tree back-to-school drive that we're doing for the road home. And, you know, it's we're, we're in the community. I mean, we live here. I live in Farmington. All the attorneys here, you know, we live in, you know, anywhere from, you know, Fruit Heights to, you know, down to American Fork and up in Ogden. I mean, we're we're a part of the community and, you know, we want to make our community a better place. And, and, and that's why we, I mean, that's why we practice law here, you know, is we want to help people that are injured in accidents where it's not their fault and we'll help them get better, you know, and we want to make the community a better place and it's fun. Yeah. And I, I think to that point, I, I, one of the other things that's always amazing to me is it costs you nothing 
to ask a question of the advocates. It costs you nothing to have the best legal representation um, in your injury case because you guys don't ask for retainers or consultation yeah. fees. Like you can go on the advocates.com, utahadvocates.com. You can chat with an attorney for free right now. Yeah, I mean, your friend or your neighbor is not gonna charge you if you need help with something. It's the same way with us. Wow. You know, I mean, you can call us anytime, you know, and we're here to help out, you know, and we just, we wanna see Utahns, people here in Utah, we wanna see them getting taken care of when they're in a moment of extremity, you know, when they're hurting an accident. It's not their fault. We want to help them out. Yeah, because it's usually not the best day of your life. And I think that's that's one of the things, and you know this, Chris, that, that when you get into an accident, a lot of times you're not thinking clearly. And a lot of times there's a stigma about, oh, do I, do I want to be the guy that sues somebody? Do I want to be the... I, I, don't, I, I much more look at it as, what do I need to do to get back to the best version of myself and thrive in life versus fight my insurance company who you know right off the bat isn't fighting for me, they're fighting for their, their shareholders. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we just wanna give people a fair shake because these insurance companies have billions of dollars, you know, and we just wanna make sure that people are watched after and taken care of when they're injured in an accident and they have someone fighting on their side. I mean, that's what, that's what we're here for. That's Love what it. I do for a living. Yep, love it. Uh, when's, your, uh, when's your 100 miler? September. You gotta come back on walk. before then. We gotta get a training update. You got to come back on right before you take off on that Friday. And then you got to come back on after that <laughs> race is over and not to be weird. Cause you know, we're, we're, you know, you and I are kind of friends now, but I want to see pictures of the feet when the race is over. And I yeah. want to see, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm kidding, but I, we've got to get the during, we've got to keep updated on your training. Cause I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I have an Instagram page and it's endurance lawyer and so i'm i'm oh. sure that i'll probably update that page throughout the event kind of let's go keep people who want to who want to know what's going on i'll keep them updated uh chris from the advocates endurance lawyer on instagram always good to see you chris appreciate it let's do it again soon thanks gentlemen there you go chris uh thresher with the advocates good dude and i say this every time one of their guys comes on the show they're yeah. just good people, man. Yeah. And that's the that's why we love doing business with those guys. But you think about that's running a hundred miles in thirty six hours. Yeah, that flow state no. better be deep, bro. Because bro, hundred miles, your boy over here can't even run a quarter mile, man. Come on now. Can you? But can you imagine Fast. that? Can you guys imagine that? No. Go uh, through the mountains. Yeah, eight thousand feet, ten thousand feet. Like, no, I'm good. he's gonna run across our fairway. We're gonna be like, hey, dude. Good flow state. You look good. Yeah, didn't mean to hit you with the slice, my guy. My bad. Yeah, hey, can my you bad. can you move it along? I need to hit this. Uh, this second shot's critical. Yeah, can you just run along the fescue here so I can focus on my iron shot, please? <laughs> we were playing golf a couple of weeks ago, and these people were walking on the trail on the course, and this guy's like, get off the course! Yeah, look, 100 milers, get off the course. I got a three wood in my hand. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, but my anyway, <clears throat> I can't imagine it. Can I cannot imagine running a hundred miles? No, uh, I'm good. I, I, nope, nope, I can, nope, you nope. got to follow it. endurance lawyer. Uh, salty drunk says, okay, cool. Nice chat. Let's get back to smack 12 chat. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Tom Dean puts a picture of a foot 
Uh, is this cons- is this considered a streaming commercial? No, it's considered talking about a dude running 100 miles through the... Tell me that, that that's not compelling to you. Dude, that's David Goggins' energy, bro. Come are, on are you telling me that talking to a dude about doing an endurance 100-mile run through the mountains is not compelling? Come on now. Dude, come on. <laughs> this could be true. Adam... Salamini says uh, breaking Monty has a foot fetish. No, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Uh, do your feet gotta hurt? Oh, 100%. Your feet hurt, your knees hurt, your back hurts. Come on. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, exactly. Truck Stop Gumby says fat. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah, bro. Exactly fat. right. Uh, you know, it's bad. There you go. Uh, there you go. Everybody putting their feet there emojis you in there. There you go. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, so how about those jazz? <laughs> yeah, I'm not running 100 miles. It's not going to happen. No. All right. Um, uh, let's switch gears indeed. Let's talk a little uh, NBA hoop because I do want to get to this Damian Lillard story is fascinating to me because I look at Dame. And I'm curious. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm greedy. Maybe I'm out of touch. Could be both. I want championships. So I look at Damian Lillard, who over the weekend met with the Portland Trailblazers again. And what do you think they said to him? Dame, dude, we love you, man. Dame time all the time. We're going to build a championship caliber team. Congratulations, for you. but that's bullshit. How many years in a row are you going to say that? And my question is, when is Damian Lillard going to actually hold them accountable by leaving the organization? By getting to the Lakers or the Heat, and supposedly the Heat are hot after Dame so that they can push Kyle Lowry out, replace Kyle Lowry with Damian Lillard and tell me the Heat don't don't compete at a much higher level against Denver. Yeah, yeah. Like, but at what point, Jake, does Damian Lillard do what needs to be done for himself? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we're, we're getting to a point where Dame is losing respect. I mean, there's just no, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you can sit here... And try to ride this high horse of I'm a one team guy and I'm gonna, you know, continue to suffer every season until we win. But the reality of the situation is dude's not in his twenties anymore. He's not like he's you know, you're getting into your mid thirties here, bro. Like it's time to get on with it. Like you've probably got five seasons, four seasons to 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 find a championship. And that's just the reality of it. So so to me, Dame is I'm not gonna feel sorry for Dame if he chooses to stay there and, and he never wins anything. I won't feel sorry for you because you made that bet. Yeah. Now it's time to lie in it. And, and yeah, I do think all Dame needs to do to be a Book It Hall of Famer is win one championship. Win one time. And it, you are in the Hall of Fame. Win one time and you are the most clutch playoff performer that most people will remember with the, the buzzer beaters. And yeah. he's got his championship now. Or you can stay in Portland and be Chris Paul. You know. I mean, that's really what this comes down to. Yep. And I just think it's time for Damian Lillard to move on. I understand being loyal. I understand wanting to be a one jersey guy. I totally get that. But at what point does your legacy matter more than than the public perception of the Portland Trailblazers? Mm-hmm. Because that team's not going to build a championship contender around Damian Lillard. Not while he's still young enough to win a championship and be the reason a team wins a championship. Because I feel like Dame is still at a point in his career where he is young enough to win a championship, but I think he's got to get to the Lakers or he's got to get to the Heat. Yeah. Because those are the two places where he fits in perfect. Can you imagine Hemi, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Damian Lillard together in Miami? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to win ballgames with that lineup. Yep. 
But what are you, you're you're now going to be a mentor to Scoot and Anthony Simons and I mean that that I I just don't understand the thought process. Yeah, and I just think that Dame, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what his affinity with Portland is. I I understand and I respect the one team thing, just like you said with Book too. But I yeah, well the difference is Book's been in the NBA Finals. Now he didn't win. Right, so I guess what's the difference? But at least he had that opportunity and he just failed. That's all. Like, yeah. that's a different conversation. Dame hasn't even sniffed the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that like, you haven't even been close, my man. So that's why I say for Book, like, I understand it. Okay, you've got Kevin Durant. Like, like people came to you. You waited it out and it paid off. They built it around you. You got a new owner. You're, you're bringing in these pieces, shipping He's, pieces out. Dame, is, Dame and Book are both playing at a very high level still. Yeah, the only, Obviously, Book is much younger. Yeah, but the only difference is is Dame has wasted so many years. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like on a better team, Dame's, Dame's a, a potential multi-time MVP. But, but how many times has Portland been one player away? Yeah, well. I mean. One player away or five players away, it doesn't matter because they didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. They didn't get the job done. It and, doesn't matter. And, and, and I'm not, again, like, I hate being cold-blooded, but I have to be here. I'm not going to feel sorry for you if you're not willing to be selfish at some point. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Uh, Salty Drunk says, winning a championship doesn't define you, and he will be a Hall of Famer with or without a championship. Well, that's fine, but a championship absolutely defines you. Yeah. What will Chris Paul be known for? If he doesn't win a championship in Golden State, he What's will Charles be... What's Charles Barkley known for? Not winning a championship. But I think in this modern era, it's totally different. KD's got multiple rings, right? Like, LeBron's got multiple rings. Guys who are their How'd they age... Do it? How'd they do it? Hop in teams. You have, to go, you have to go and get it. And I think you look at some of the, the exceptions to that's Golden State. Well, where's Chris Paul now? So Golden State, and they're talking about today, uh, Chris Haynes was talking about that Golden State intends to start him, and they're going to play a five-out offense, which, welcome to the modern era, Steve Kerr, right? But they're going to play a five-out offense at Golden State, and Kevon Looney's going to go to the rack, and you're gonna, he's going he's gonna to come off the bench, and you're going to start, my guess is your guards are going to be Steph and Chris Paul. I would guess you would play Wiggs at the three, and I, I, it's... No, it's 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 CP3, Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Draymond, Kevon Looney off the bench. Right, but you can't play. You can't tell me that you're going to play. You're going to play Wiggins at the four. Yeah, yep. I would play Clay at the four. He's a way better defender. Okay, well, whatever. I don't. Those are the five guys. Yeah. I think those are the five guys yeah. you're going to play. And I do think sometimes it'd be really nice if Kaminga stepped up and developed into the star that they think he's going to well, be. Well, and I think that's the question for Golden State because, I mean, again, this is why it was okay to send Jordan Poole out because I think a lot of people, not just in Golden State land, I think a lot of people around the league think this is the year that Kaminga's going to start to come out, and they need him to, straight up. They need I, him to. I just don't believe. I don't believe that Chris Paul can be a 25, 30-minute-a-night top-five player on a championship roster. Well... He's never been able to stay healthy doing that. And even in Phoenix, when, when they played him considerably fewer minutes, he still got hurt. He still got hurt. Like, I, I it, it is, look, I understand it. I, under, it, it. I understand if Chris Paul is your bench guy, I understand that. But anyway, the point is, Dame in Miami or Dame with the Lakers, if you replace D'Angelo Russell with Damian Lillard. Yeah. 
How much better are you? I mean, you can see Dame's instant championship potential when you plug him in. Absolutely. There's no question. And that's what I think makes... That's what makes the, the situation so frustrating. Is, yeah. that, is that it's like, dude, Dame, you're Dame, bro. You're Dame time. You're this guy that's super clutch, can can deliver, like has delivered, everything yes. you'd want. Yet, here we are, and you won't leave because you want to be the Steph Curry of Portland. You want to be, you know, this guy that everyone gravitates to. But I got news for you, bro. Kevin Durant chose Steph over you, and, and really he chose San Francisco over Portland. And he, Damian Lillard, has given Portland so many opportunities to build a team, and they always are one key component short. They're always one key component short every single year. And it, it's been Portland, it's been like that in Portland. Go back to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. When you had Scottie Pippen and Sheed and... Ryan Grant, and you couldn't beat the Lakers. Well, they still can't beat the Lakers. And they've gone through several builds. And it's, uh, with all due respect, Portland is a team that's up for sale. Yeah. Right? Like, what are you hanging on to there? I I, I don't know. Uh, Jimmy Otson, what's up, Jimmy? Good to see you. If Dame asked to be traded to the Heat, all power to him. But if he retires a trailblazer, he's good with life as well. Yeah. And that's his problem. Yeah. Uh, Salamini, I pulled a hamstring getting out of bed from a nap. <laughs> yeah, CP3 did too. Uh, Woodworth says, I heard Dame is playing the pack 70 million so he can coach Oregon State when he retires. He's paying off the Comcast debt, you know. Uh, Jimmy says, Dame likes to be happy and chasing a ring doesn't equal happiness to him. Well, and if that's the case, that's fine. I mean, if you want to just come out and say that, then that's cool, dude. If you want to if you want to be that guy, fine. I'm, I, I can respect that. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy says, KD won two chips in Golden State and he was miserable. And then he got hurt and the whole injury drama. But who's going to talk about that? Nobody. He went, to, he went to Brooklyn and that went terribly, you know. Uh, Lokeman says, I listened to eight minutes on the Locked On Pac-12 podcast this morning. Felt like I was watching Sesame Street. There you go. I'm not trying to make it that personal. I just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Salty Drunk, what do you guys think about the NBA considering being eligible for awards? You need to play a minimum amount of games. I think you have to do it. The 65-game rule, I think, is brilliant. Yep. I think you have to do it. Uh, Shooter Texas says, easy to be a one-team guy like Duncan with multiple rings, much harder to be David Robinson and try to build the worst team into a championship contender every year. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, and that's why I think it's been, you know, again, like the situation you get drafted into is obviously crucial, but that's why I think, you know, like Steph deserves a lot of credit because that situation, people immediately say, oh, well, they just drafted all these amazing players. You think those guys were amazing when they came out of the draft? You think that Clay Thompson no. was was just immediately a Hall of Fame caliber three-point shooter right out of college? No, no. Do you think Draymond was the kind of outlet passer he became? Do you think Draymond had no. the kind of handle he had coming out of Michigan State? No, hell no, right? Steph didn't really build his body till five, six seasons into the league. He just relied on the outside jumper and good coaching took him places. Oh, I think it's a hundo P about where you land. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There are very few. I mean, if you go back in history, the Magic Johnsons, the Michael Jordans, certainly, um, probably LeBron in Cleveland. There are very few examples of guys who went to the worst team and turned it around for them. Yeah. And it's like this proposition where it's like, okay, Braun to Cleveland. 
is one of those fairy tale stories. And Braun deserves a lot of credit for that. But Damian Lillard is not LeBron James. And there are no. almost nobody is LeBron. And, and I just think that I just wish at some point that this guy, it's, it's much like, uh, like Otani's situation with the Angels. Yeah. Be selfish. Go to somewhere where you know, at a minimum, you will be a playoff team. You will be in a position to go out and win meaningful games. You will be in playoff caliber ball games. Because if you're Dane, that's all you need. Because once you're there, you know you're good. Yeah, and I, I think, I think once Portland gets sold, they could be a force. But I, I, I think you're you're in a far better place. I think I just think you're in a far better place if you are with the Lakers, the Heat, the Knicks. By the way, all these people in the comments section saying that dude's on a four-year contract so you can't move him, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. His his deal is perfectly movable. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I don't I have no doubt that that they could move him if they want. If he wanted them to move him, they could move him. There there's no doubt. Uh let's see. Who else? Rick Forrester says, Will the Knicks ever win a championship again? The last time I was nine years old. I think they will soon. Mm -hmm. I think you gotta get over the RJ Barrett thing. I think with the Knicks, RJ Barrett's a problem now. Like I, I just you should have traded him. To, you should have traded him. And free agency's coming. Deals are going to be done. The Knicks have got to take another big step forward. It, they don't need a Jalen Brunson type contract, but I think at the very least you need to restructure down the down the roster. Your six, seven, eight, nine mm -hmm. guys have to be better. And you're relying on Obi Toppin. You're like RJ Barrett. Like you need to. And I hate to say it, but you you need to go and rebuild the roster the way the Suns have done two times now. You need to Best. go and start leveraging your assets. And there's so many teams in this league that have all these assets that never wind up leveraging them. And they wind up, you know, trading them or dumping them or flipping them. And it's just like, dude, what was the point of all that pain that the Knicks went through if they don't wind up moving R.J. Barrett? Look at the Jazz. You know, like, it, well, look at what the Jazz are doing. You know, you go and make that John Collins deal. Like, I, I look at Dallas trying to get DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. They're operating. They're trying to improve themselves. And say what you want about Luka Doncic. DeAndre Ayton's a perfect teammate for Luka Doncic. DeAndre's never going to demand the ball. My name is Luka. And when Luka takes 17 straight shitty shots and misses 6 out of 10 free throws, DeAndre Ayton's going to be like, hey, dude, you got this. No problem. By the way, you want to go out and have a drink tonight? Like, that's what De DeAndre Ayton's <laughs> never going to question anybody. And I think that's what they need. And Dallas, perfect example. Dallas needs to move on from Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. And moving him to Phoenix, filled a void for Phoenix, filled a void for Dallas. Couldn't get the deal done. Well, and I think that's what was crazy about the Brooklyn situation. I mean, the fact that Dorian Finney-Smith is in Brooklyn is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you moved... You moved one of your better role players, and look what that did to your roster. And now the idea that, you know, Porzingis, you allowed Porzingis to get away to Washington, and now he's in Boston? But l look at Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn transformed themselves over a couple-of-week period last year, and now they're in position with a really good, well-paid young roster. Yeah. Where they can Best. stack on top of those guys and build. Well, and a lot of people think it's funny with Brooklyn. They're gonna they're gonna have decisions to make with guys like Cam Johnson because a lot of people think, 
you know, Detroit's going to be uh, aggressive uh, because Monty Williams, obviously, is their head coach now. They A lot of people believe that Detroit's going to take a run at Cam Johnson uh, because, obviously, the Phoenix connection between those two. And, and I think that's brilliant. I think that's what teams like Detroit should be doing. You know, that's what teams who are on the edge should be doing. And I think the difference between championship and average average-ass organizations is the championship ones got the job done, and obviously the average ones didn't. And that's why I say in Dallas, it always seems like they just haven't been able to get over the hill of getting that deal done with a guy that can play with Luka that that sort of gives him traction. Because everyone's like, oh, well, Kyrie, two scorers, amazing. But you couldn't play defense because yeah. you didn't have yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith anymore. That's the problem. Yeah, and I I, I just – Dallas is so interesting to me. I, I The Knicks are interesting. Brooklyn's fascinating. I want to see what Milwaukee's going to do. This Chris Middleton contract, he's going back to Brooklyn. It's a perfect Brooklyn. example, dude. Or, excuse me, Chris Middleton's going back to Milwaukee. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. But how much of their cap is it going to cost them? And how are they going to continue to contend after they pay Middleton? Yeah. That's what is so interesting to me. Denver. Is Denver built for the long run here? I think, it's a, I think it is a really important question on whether or not Denver is a team. Is Denver a one-hit wonder? And... How are you going to, like, what are you going to do with the bottom half of that roster? Yeah. How long is Michael Porter Jr. healthy? Like, I, I just Can think. Can keep Bruce Brown? Uh, well, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how all of these storylines play out. And then when you start looking at the teams that are at the very top of the league, and then you start looking at the teams that are like the mid table of the Western Conference is fascinating. Oklahoma City is a wildly compelling roster to me. Chad Holmgren is going to win the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I am convinced the pain that you heard in that cat's voice last year yeah. was amazing. He wanted to play in March, April, and May. He was desperate to Fast. play. And he, they would not let him. And I think they were better off for it now. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of impact Chad Holmgren has on this league. What, it, what, do, you, what do you do with... Josh Giddy and Jalen, and you, how do you keep that young core together while SGA is still at the top of his game? You grow those guys. Are they a, are they a team that can contend for a Western Conference championship this year? Yeah, I mean, I think that that literally all of that hinges on how good Chet Holmgren is. Because if Chet's going to be an elite like like score, if he's going to be, he's never going to be Kevin Durant. But if he's if he plays that role for their team, if he's that guy. That's, hey, give Chet the ball. He'll go get us a bucket when we need one. Yeah, uh, They're going to be very good because him being good allows the Josh Giddies of the world uh, to to just worry about doing their job and not having to do too much. And that's kind of what I felt like OKC struggled with so much last year. I always felt like, you know, the Josh Giddies of the world or a lot of their, you know, those younger pieces they have were really trying to overexert themselves, taking tough shots, like yeah. like forcing the ball. And I think when when you have a guy like SGA who can run the offense for you and you can get it into a guy uh, like Chet's hands, you're going to be in a great spot because everyone can fall in line. So is are teams like OKC ready to win? That's, that's the question mm-hmm. they have to answer this year. But I absolutely think... The top of the Western Conference is is rock solid. I do think Denver is built for the long run. Now, obviously, like he said, got to keep the bottom half of that roster solidified. But if you do that, you really should be built for the long run. You should be. Phoenix, dude, 
it's very simple. You need to go out and win a championship. There's nothing else is acceptable. Nothing else will get it I'm done. I'm telling you, they're not championship good. And I want that for them more than anybody else, but they're not championship good. 801 West Valley, Knicks need new owner and management. I disagree. I think Leon Rose is the exact right fit for that team, for that culture. He, I thought the way he handled the, the Danny Ainge negotiations last year, I would have made a deal with Danny, but yeah. he didn't. And they were still a very good team. And I think that this this free agent window that opens over the weekend, I think is a big, big deal for them. Um, what do you guys think about uh Mishi? He looks like a good fit for an NBA team. No, I don't know anything about him. Don't know anything about him. Riley O'Brien says, by the way. Great. <laughs> Shooter Texas. In the NBA, culture plus coaching matters as much as talent. Go find a program and see what happens. Yeah, you're well, not it's wrong. It's a Houston thing, right? I mean, can Ime Udoka actually live up to the things he's saying? I mean, he just came out and said uh, something to the effect of, hey, like, there's going to be a lot of structure here and guys are going to have to do things they're not used to doing. Is Does that actually play out? Because if he can go in there and he can take the Jalen Greens of the world and turn them into all-star top-end players, they're going to be good. Absolutely, yeah. they will be good. Yep, Gavin Vega, uh, we honestly need to get a good solid point guard and a wing that can flex into a ball handler so we can move THT to a backup. You better hope that THT doesn't take that player option because he's not, he, he, I just, I mean, we can sit here and talk about it repeatedly, but I just am not a guy that is, I'm not a THT guy. Mm -mm. I'm not. And the cap hold that he has, I think, is very, very valuable. You've got to get two point guards. That's, I mean, that's what Danny's business this summer has to be. Uh, I think your your front court is completely done. Like mm -hmm. you, you can right now compete with just about any lineup up front, with some exceptions. I mean, if you if you look at the way this team is built, and you start looking at guys like Walker Kessler starting over a year ago, it was Kelly Olynyk. Walker Kessler is ready to be your your franchise. He's center. the guy. Right, you, you look at the four, you have multiple options at the four. You have multiple options at the three. Um, Taylor Hendricks is, is going to give you fantastic depth. Is Ochai Agbaji a bench player or a starter this year? Like you have questions and options now. What you don't have is guard depth because they're trying to trade Colin Sexton, mm -hmm. right? They, they were trying to trade him up to the draft. They couldn't get that deal done. I think they know that he's a bench guy. He believes he's a starter. And the other question that's got to be answered is, when are you, do you already have an answer on, on what's happening with Jordan Clarkson? I have to think they know. I think they know. I mean, I just don't know how you don't know. I mean, this, this is, I mean, the Jordan Clarkson situation has gone all the way back to the middle of this past season at the trade deadline. I mean, this, I mean, this is months and months and months old now. So to me, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just can't see any way that Jordan Clarkson opts into his player option. I just don't know why you would do that if you're JC where he's at in his know. career. But hey, maybe maybe we're just maybe we're just out of touch with with dude's mindset and where he's at. But I just would be shocked if he opted in. And that's got nothing to do with the Jazz. I I, I for the most part that's that's about making a proper amount of money. Was Buddy salty that they didn't trade him to a playoff contender? Absolutely. Absolutely no question about it. And I think that's added to the fire a little bit, but I don't think he's got heat or or vitriol or anything. I just think he wants to get paid what he should get paid. Yeah. 
Ruff's official says Chet Holmgren has the same issues as Victor. Eh, I don't, I don't, Lesser I don't, extent, though. I don't think I can agree with that. I think if you look at those two guys, Victor is a body we've never seen before. You've never seen a guy that's as long as he is, mm-hmm. that weighs as little as he does, and you're just you're, you're so concerned about his injuries. That's, at least for me, he, he has got, that's a dude that's got to, he has got to get those legs built. That, I mean, he has got a body build. I look at Chet. Chet's game should be his skill set is normal and idyllic for the NBA. The question is, was this foot injury last year just a fluke? Because he had, he had said he probably was overtraining and overworking. He has talked about it, the fact that every single day, twice a day, he was working out, shooting, running, lifting. Shooting, running, lifting. Like he was working out multiple times a day, every day to get ready for summer league and, and pick up runs. And he wound up getting hurt. And we talk about it all the time on the show that there's a point where you hit the wall as an NBA rookie going into your rookie season. Because right now all these guys are doing, like there's already, like Chris Brickley's already putting out daily tape of rookies in his gym working on their game. Because it's all they're doing. They're trying to make that bread, dude. They're trying to be that high-profile guy. Because they know that if they make all-star appearances early in their contract, if they make all-NBA teams early in their contract, if they can compete for all-rookie teams, that's going to make them more money. It's going to make them eligible for extensions at a higher level earlier in their career. So they're working really hard. And it's a guy like... Josh Gideon at Oklahoma City, who's going to go play FIBA. And it's, it's a guy like Victor Wambanyama, who's not going to play for France this, this cycle. Because, because he knows he has a lot of money tied up in his contract with yeah, them. he does. And he knows that. And I think, frankly, I think it's a smart move. The question is, does national team duty serve a priority? If Josh Giddy gets hurt, they're fucked in OKC because you don't have a guy that's as dynamic or can do what he does for them. And they need him. The, the pick and roll in the, the, the rotational action that can happen with Giddy and Chet, with Giddy and SGA because of Chet, those three guys need each other. Yes. And it's a, it was a hole in their lineup last year. And it ha- you, they have a chance. I'm telling you. And I know it's only June 27th, but I'm telling you, OKC has a chance to be a top five team in the West. Mm-hmm. They do, because Chet's a rookie, but he's not really a rookie. SGA's a stud. Josh Giddy is turning into a really good player. A really good player. Yeah. Who I wish would take time off and not play in the FIBA cycle. But he's going to play. Hooper's going to hoop. He's going to hoop. That's exactly right. So... We'll see. I, I, I'm, it's going to be fascinating. Todd James says both would sweep the floor with any of us in a comment section. Comment True. section. True. Yeah. Who, what does that mean? That that rookies or like low end NBA players or you know whoever. If you're in the NBA, you're going to absolutely oh, kick the yeah. living hell out of anybody. Yeah, we used to in Arizona when we played pickup. There was a 6 a.m. run. Um, at twenty four twenty four hour fitness. Yeah. Where like Arizona guys, Arizona State guys, Grand Canyon guys a couple of times, like six eight or no, that was 
Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek. Yeah. Where the Arizona and the Arizona State players were. Arizona in Phoenix, we played with Arizona State and GCU players. Anyway, my point is, you get on the floor with those guys. Dude, they're, they're on another level. They're, you, can't even, you can't even compete with them. And I can't remember. Uh, one of the Detroit Lion running backs way back in the day oh, played I know with us about. played with yeah. us in Walnut Creek on a regular like we got to know him by name like I can't remember his name to save my life but we would always be on the same team and he he brought a college basketball player of his that he played college in, in uh, basketball those two dudes we won like 20 straight pickup games it like they just they're just on a different level it's crazy. Having, having played, like when I was in Sacramento back in the day, I got to play in the uh, media game um, against Brad Miller, the former center. And he was messing around. So I had to, one of the things I had to do was beat him in a three-point contest. I had to make five threes before he made 10. Javid Best. Javid Best. Exactly right. Javid Best. Dude was a stud. Anyway, um, so Brad Miller is screwing around, and I get to two. I make a third three. I make my fourth three-point basket. He's made like one. I get to four. I've got to make one before he makes nine. He never missed another three. Like just doot, 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 done. I didn't win. <laughs> like they're just on another level, man. Like they just have the ability yes. to like some of the things that I've seen, like some of the things that, that, that Shaquille O'Neal used to do in practice, some like Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant used to lay on the floor when he was stretching. Like he'd have a trainer stretching his legs at the Laker practice facility. And he would be baseline, like where the, the, the sideline and the baseline meet in the corner, laying on his back, one-handed, just shooting threes, laying on his back. Like, stuff like that. And it's easy for him. Yes. It's easy. Like, baseball players are the same way. Yeah. Baseball players at spring training watching Albert Pujols throw baseballs from the right field corner into a trash can on home plate. <laughs> Repeatedly. Rick Ankeel, who, by the way... Cannon was amazing at tennis, was amazing at golf. I golfed with Rick Ankeel three, four times in Florida. It was Rick Ankeel, Josh Hancock, and Adam Wainwright, I think. The four of us were playing golf at spring training. Rick Ankeel beat everybody by a stroke playing one-handed. I'm not kidding. He used one hand which is why when we're working on stuff in golf, I try to do some things one-handed. Can't do it. Rick and Keel beat everybody one-handed on one hole in, in frickin' Florida. It, it was amazing. And then the next morning, he's out in, he's out in left field. He was, it's called running poles, right? They're just running. They're doing endurance running. And I don't remember who hit the ball, but somebody hit a ball into the left field gap during batting practice. He threw it behind his back to second base to the, to the guy standing on second base on the fly behind his back and just keeps on running. 
Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable the things you see professional athletes do. Yeah. You you can't even, yeah. Uncle uh, Rio. Big Dog O-Tone uh, says, three years from now when Dame is retired, a documentary will detail his affinity to his cities. Oakland, Ogden, Oregon, prestige and fame, money is not him. Respect that. Don't disparage him. I'm not disparaging him. But what are you going to say when he goes to, when he winds up not playing for Portland? Because if they, it, it, I think, I think there is a 30% chance he gets traded this summer. Mm -hmm. I think there is an 80% chance he gets traded by the deadline. Because they're not going to be, they're not going to be good. The West, I think the West this year again is going to take a step forward. Let's see what the Lakers wind up doing. But I think the West this year is going to take a big step forward because I can't believe Sacramento backslides. Can't believe that. No. Nah. I can't believe the Clippers sit, sit tight. Can't believe that. Denver's already good. Like, yeah. the Jazz are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be a top eight playoff team. And you just start looking around at the Timberwolves are going to make moves. We already talked about OKC. Like, this, the West is, I Loaded. mean, forget it, dude. If you're if you are in Portland, you're gonna have a really tough time making the playoffs. I think it, you're gonna you you're gonna have a really tough time. Man. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know what is San Antonio this year, what is Dallas this year that you can clearly see Dallas is trying to make major moves. My name is Lucas. Right. Like, what are they? And the answer is I don't know. What they're gonna be is incredibly compelling. Yeah. You know, and and. Hey, look, if Dame wants to make his money, that's great. He should go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and sign up for the $10 30-day membership. I mean, that's what I would do if I were him. Right? Man, I, I don't even know how you do it. I, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know either, but I'm I mean, amazing. That was, that was incredible. Uh, TridayTrading.com always presents all of our Utah Jazz and NBA talk on the Monty Show. You guys, I, I, I say it every day on the show that if you want to change your life, do it for $10. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not dramatizing. $10 to change your life. If I said to you, give me $10 and I'll show you your future, you would do it every single day. Mm -hmm. That's what you can do at TridayTrading.com. Go there, sign up for the $10 30-day trial membership. And if it's not for you, walk away. But I think the thing that, that you need to understand is you're going to pay $10. They're going to make a charitable donation. So it's a tax write-off for you. And then you are going to see their entire program. You are going to get high-level coaching. You are going to understand their processes, their algorithms, their, their methodology really is the word. When it comes to making high-level money in day trading. And if you're a currency guy, if you want to trade Forex, do that. Anybody following Bitcoin at 30000 like. All of the raging that's going on right now, because the bull market is back, people are starting to understand again, the stock market is undefeated. It always comes back. That's why when you go through the TridayTrading.com Triday program, you look at their graduates, they have a ton of graduates that are doing it part-time. And what that means is, hey, you program your trades in the morning, you take an hour, program them in the morning, you go to work and make your bread, you come home, you've made two, three, four hundred dollars because your systems and your algorithms and your processes are all in place working for you during the day. So you've made that money. The graduates of the TridayTrading.com program that do it full-time, 
They're making thousands of dollars a day and they get ongoing coaching and support. And the first trades you make are not with your own money. When you graduate their program, Triday Trading is gonna fund an account for you so that you can trade with their money. And when you make money with Triday's money, they give you 80% of the profit. That's how confident they are that you are going to be one of the best day traders on the planet. Sign up for it right now, tridaytrading.com slash Monty, $10 30-day trial membership. And look, at the end of that 30 days, if you don't know or if it's not for you, walk away. Walk away, it costs you $10. But man, I'm telling you, nobody walks away because it is a, a legit, legit game changer for you. Uh, all right, let's get uh, Jeremy Calzone. My guy, where you been? Says, Wemby will break Wilt's uh, record dropping 101 on the Jazz this year. Boy, I hope that happens. I hope that happens. Tanner Plummer, I can see the Jazz making the seventh or eighth seed. So can I. So can I. Um, Calzone says, Wemby will be a Hall of Famer by season three. Are you trolling or are you being real, bro? I think you're. I, I think this is a troll job right now, bro. McKinley Cutler, with the addition of John, do you think the Jazz will be a playoff team? John, I don't know who John is. Oh, you, do you mean John Collins? Oh, he, I think he means John. The Cookie King means John Collins. I, I did we get on a first? I, like, I, I mean, what I, about Laurie or, you know, Colin? The untrained eye. I mean, Colin, you know, you know, Collins, amazing. Damn. You know, yeah, I mean, Tay, what about Tay? I mean, Tay's going to do great things. What about Bry? For, yeah, Bry. <laughs> See, what about Mc, Key? Come on, McKinley. Yeah, what about uh, Key? I think, I think you need a point guard. You've got to have, you need multiple point guards on this team. I mean, yeah. can't, Key is a guy that, you know, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself, bro. Key. See, McKinley, look what you hey, did to this hey, show today. Key, get your ass over here. <laughs> Learn the system. <laughs> um, let's see. Jeremy Calzone says, I would never be sarcastic, Jake. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> never? Uh, Rick Forrester says, go buy Fannie Mae uh, prefer stock. It's going up like crazy. Bull market's back, dude. Bull market's back. And I, hey, was, look looking, I was looking right before the show mm -hmm. um, at my E-Trade, and I'm telling you, if you guys are not in on Amazon right now, you're crazy. Amazon is so affordable. Um, ooh, had a good day. Finished up strong. Amazon's up uh, uh, $3 today. It's still under $130. Damn. It's at $129.18. I got it at $85, $84.76. But I'm telling you, man, Amazon's a stock I'd look at, and I still cannot believe my biggest win ever continues to be General Electric, which I paid $40 for. It's at $105. Yes! I'm telling you, the stock, the bull market's back, dude. The bull market is back, um, which is great because if I can get GE back to 200, if I can get Amazon up to 180, 200, 250, now we're cooking with gas. Now we're cooking with gas. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says Apple is undefeated. Apple's very good too. I, my money guy and I have had massive dis so my money guy wanted Tesla so badly. Oh, Tesla, Tesla. You guys got to get in on Tesla. Are we clear on that? I was like, homie. Buddy. Dude. Bro. And I'm telling you, 
Tesla's not been bad for me. Tesla's Doesn't up make today. You feel it's, responsible. At, it's at 250.21. But my Apple stock, goddamn. My Apple stock has been a revelation. I paid 122 for it. It's at 188. Jesus. Right? Um, Tesla, we paid 219 for it. Right? We paid 219 for it. And it currently is at 250.21. So Apple was absolutely the right way to go. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Um, the only stock I'm really struggling with is J&J, Johnson & Johnson. Um, and I'm not really struggling that bad. I paid 159. It's at 163, but we'll see. I could go. I love you guys. Tridaytrading.com. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Calzone says Wemby will be CEO of Amazon in his free time and double the stock value. (laughs) (laughs) Gavin Vega. Sadly, I'm not sold on many of the free agents this year. Uh, the only one I might be willing to throw money at is Bruce Brown for two to three years for a roster glue and defense. Well, the problem is you're going to have a massive line out the door after what he did for Denver. And really, I think he got a bad rep in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. He was kind of a malcontent in Brooklyn. But they are they really need to get him back in Denver. Yeah. Because he was he was a guy that you could count on. Yeah, you get him going, you're uh, you're in a great place. But I think... I think there's a lot of spots around the league that would like to have him. And it's going to be – he. I think he's a better Eastern Conference player. He is – he's that gritty punch-in-the-dick player. Like, you get in his face, he's coming at you. Yep. He, he's an Eastern Conference player to me. So we'll see what – Yeah. We'll see what he does. Uh, OG Gary, Wemby is going to bust so hard. Bro, That's this gross. Is, this is a dude. family show. Oh, my God. Just like that. Can oh. you, Gary? Dude, this is a family. Like, oh, I know. You, oh, you mean he's. Oh, I know. He means draft bust because he was picking up. Okay. You bad. fucking donkey. My bad. This is a family show. Gary would my never bad. say anything like my that. Bad. You got Be the, better, dude. Got the benefit of the doubt. Be man. better, dude. Uh, and I ain't talking about that kind of bust. <laughs> so you were right. <laughs> See? Uh, Calzone. Yeah, Wemby's going to bust. Oh, my God, just like that. Uh, Drew Money, plus you get the Apple stock dividends. Yes, you do. Uh, Salty Drunk, looks like the Wayman's brothers will be doing more upgrades uh, to the Monty's Palace based on that stock report, Monty. Yeah, the Wayman's. You spelled Wayman's wrong, bro. Yeah. Where's the W-H-E-Y? Yeah, Way. Yeah, Wayman's, please. Yeah, Riley. Uh, truck stop Gumby, Apple at 60 was Bay, yes. yes uh, Gavin Vegas says, uh, family showgram, no busting here. Yeah, dude, I mean, I, come on, let's yeah, keep it come clean, on. okay? Let's like, go. Come on, dude. Let's, do you mind? Yeah. Do you mind? Come on, bro. A uh, couple other things real quick. Um, have you, have you got, what do you guys think of the Austin Reeves story today? That the Lakers, no matter the number, will match any offer that Austin Reeves gets. And the question is with the Lakers, do you keep Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell? And you know what? The answer is I don't know because D'Angelo wasn't bad, but he was not good down the street. Like the, that Denver series, he was not good. Yeah, Austin Reeves is the priority over D'Lo all day. Right. I, oh, I don't think there's any doubt. But can, do you keep them both? No. 
I you would, let D'Lo go. Let D'Lo go. Yeah. Yeah. The decision is around Anthony Davis, not D'Lo. I would be letting D'Lo go. Well, I mean, if it's Anthony Davis, you're. I mean, you're going to get a haul in return for him. I agree. I would I agree. think. I mean, I, I. I think that's the kind of haul they need, though, because they're always strapped on assets because they're a win-every-year type team. Yeah, I think you're going to see. D'Angelo Russell is going to be interesting. Russell Westbrook's going to be interesting. Yeah, they're saying he's going to stay there, but I don't know yeah. about that. I think that Clipper locker room will melt down if he gets away. Yeah. I think it will melt. I, I just don't know how. I don't know how. And Salty, or uh, Austin is him, OG Gary says. Salty loves this take right here. AR equals a poor man's Josh Giddy, I think is what Jay Gid means. Right. Um, and I understand Josh Giddy's your guy, but this goes back to the Joe Ingles thing. This is why you owe me beer that you've completely welched on. You owe me a keg of, of 4X Summer Ale. Dave's in opposition. And I still haven't gotten it because I'm telling you, Josh Giddy is a good player. Austin Reeves has superstar talent. Superstar projection. Josh Giddy's always going to be a role player. Austin Reeves, I think, could be the, the, the best two guard on a lot of teams in this league in the next three years. Because he can shoot, he can finish, and he is a tenacious defender. Yeah. Like, he has every tool you need. And the thing that you really respect about Austin Reeves, the guy is a student. And the, the fact that he spent hours and hours and hours studying how to get fouled. Do you, you guys know this story, I would guess. Austin Reeves spent hours and hours during the last offseason and the first part of this season studying Steph Curry, James Harden, Devin Booker, learning how to get fouled. And what do you know? He started getting to the line more. He started getting more calls. He started seeing more oh. production. And what happened? He leveled up. And you love that about guys because you'll never have to wonder about Austin Reeves' motor. You'll never have to wonder about his want to. Yeah. I think it is. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be very difficult. Uh, Gavin Vega, hell no, D'Lo in my eyes is JC. I, I just think D'Angelo has not panned out as a superstar point guard. And when he's on, forget about it. And there were stretches with the Lakers. He was really good. I'm not going to forget that Western Conference Final if I'm Rob Palenka. I want to upgrade that spot. Now, it's going to be tough to do that, but I want to upgrade that spot. Yeah. Uh, Calzone says Jeremy uh, LeBron James equals poor man's Wemby. What is there something in the water where everybody's just railing on shit? Like it's weird to me that it's like all of a sudden everything's about Wemby or yeah, just yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just it's, that it's, time of it's year. It's that time of year because people are bored. Uh, salty drunk because Giddy isn't working on getting to the line more. I who said that? Who said that? I never said that. What I said was Austin Reeves' ceiling is higher than yeah. Josh Giddy. I don't even think that that's that controversial, bro. That's not controversial. It's not. Yeah. The difference is Josh Giddy's working on it. Austin Reeves is doing it. He's already done it. Yeah. Austin, Reeves, Austin Reeves, it's okay that Josh Giddy's not the best three in the league. He's, it's okay. He's never going to say anything good about Austin Reeves because like, Reeves is a Laker. That's weird. You need to understand that. Yeah, probably. Drew Money, Reeves is the next Jimmy Butler. A lot of people are making that comparison. 
a lot. Uh, Austin Reeves is so valuable to us. Uh, I would get rid of D'Lo again. OG notice notice how he said us. us. Yeah, I didn't know that you were us. on the team, bro. He's the Gatorade guy. He has our full respect. He mixes the Gatorade in back. Okay, okay. I hate Wemby so much because of this chat, OG says. It, it, it is weird to me. I don't know. It's been a weird week. Like, there have been, I was looking at our comment section this morning. There have been so many held comments and filtered users because, like, Riley O'Brien, I think, is in that group now because YouTube tells me. Because you just keep posting the same comment over and over again. Yeah, so it reads it as spam. And it's like, dude, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, what, what is wrong with you people? But, like, did, did, is it just that it's hot? I guess. I don't, I, dude, I don't know, man. You know. Uh, Salty Drunk says, you guys will see more of OKC when their games are on national TV. So, yeah, we don't watch. Dude, we've we got watch league OKC. pass, dog. We don't watch league OKC. pass. You know, we don't know what we're talking about with Josh Giddy. You know, uh, Calzone says, I think Austin Reeves picked up a copy of Harden's Hardwood Guide to Getting Fouled. Yes. Though that arm extension, he's got that down to a T. He's got that down to a T. Uh, Calzone says, Reeves, the next JB, two words, too soon. Well, but. I don't think his, dude, I don't think his, his game is like that, though, dude. But I, I think the thing, the reason people compare these young guys to these older young guys is because the developmental curve is much longer now because you're getting 19 and 20-year-olds drafted at the top of the NBA draft now. And there's a much longer progression. Right. It takes longer to get to their ceiling. Not even their ceiling. You're just trying to get them to their floor, right? You're trying to get them to be every game contributors. A guy like Jimmy Butler took some time to really blossom. He needed to go through what he went through in Chicago and Minneapolis and really feel that, no, we don't want you here. And then when he finally got to Miami, it was his team. And all of a sudden, he was that guy. Austin Reeves is, and this is, I think, another difference with Josh Giddy. Austin Reeves already has the it factor. Austin Reeves played significant college basketball. Austin Reeves has played significant minutes in a Laker uniform with the world watching. Josh Giddy plays in Oklahoma City. It, it, it's not something where everybody's like, God damn. Part of it is exposure. OKC's been terrible, terrible, dreadful. And this past year, they started, they started coming together a little more. Yeah. Then Check got hurt. And so it knocked them down a peg. The Lakers, it doesn't matter if they win one game or if they win 82 straight. They're on TV. They're on national TV in games of consequence. They're on Christmas Day. You know, like they're on TV. So Austin Reeves had to grow up in the spotlight. And I think, what does that do? That shortens the curve. So he, he knows, hey, I want to play. I want to get paid. I better learn to get to the free throw line because no matter what you think of the NBA, if you don't get to the free throw line, you're not, you're not getting paid in this league. Yep. The uh, best players, the, the best players in this league get paid at the free throw line. Yep. And it's Harden's. It's look at the money that James Harden's going to get. Yeah. Look at the money that Devin Booker got. Facts. Look at the money that Chris Paul's earned in his career. Well, it's because they get to the line constantly. LeBron gets to the line constantly. Those are the guys, if you really look at the guys in this league, 
They do it from the free throw line. And every superstar, Giannis, look how much better Giannis is at the free throw line, and he still struggles. But he gets to the line a lot. Yeah. You have to be able to get to the line a lot because, in my opinion, that's the only way you can afford calzones. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You never get the calzones. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure that you uh, download the Papa Murphy's app. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Get that calzone. Get the, um. get the sausage calzone. Pour the meatball marinara on top of it. Now you're cooking with gas. You know what I'm saying? Now you're cooking with gas. Yeah. Shooter Texas. No kidding about NBA development taking so long. I hate the one-and-done thing in the NCAA. It's, ba- it's bad for everybody except the kid. And really, I think some of the kids suffer too. This is, and I don't want to get into this now, but this is why the NIL thing is so fucked. Because you're forcing kids, because you're reaching back into their pocket now, you're making sure that they make as little NIL money as possible. Let's just be honest about what the NCAA is trying to do. You're trying to repress these kids' income. So where are they going to go? Where the income takes them. I want it. Which is to the NBA draft after yes. one year. Yes. That's why the one and done rule is stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of the stupidest rules, the one and done rule. You're not, all you're doing now is you're trying to hold the kid down there's no other way to in my opinion the nil thing is very clearly hey well we we've got to have you register every deal and report every penny and fuck off let's look at your books then yes let's look at every one of your deals in detail yeah right oh no we can't do that we're a private company well what the what are these kids hopefully every one of these kids in college that's making nil money set up an llc hopefully Right, like smart I, it, it's just do. so it's so frustrating to me. It's so frustrating to me, and I think that's why the G League and the academy system is really important. Yep. And even though overtime elite, I question some of the development there. I, I just they've proven I, they can put guys in the draft. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yep. It'll be interesting. Ryan Wilkie says uh, Giddy is five years younger than Reeves, which is exactly my point. Austin Reeves' curve is very different because he played college basketball. He, has, he is more refined. He is more mature. He is, as a basketball player, as a, and he plays in L.A. for the Lakers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different. Yeah. It, just because, and, and I think Salty, I, I get it. You're an OKC guy. But I think what most people don't understand is nobody's ripping Josh Giddy. Yeah. Nobody. We're, nobody. We're not really talking about Josh here. We're talking no. about one we're of the, talking about different. We're situations. talking about arguably the hottest free agent in the NBA yeah. in Austin Reeves right now because of what he did. Every team is lining up, and it's why the Lakers have said, "Don't even make a bid. We're going to match it." Because the Lakers will be that dude and be like, "Yep, forty-seven hours and fifty-nine minutes. Ah, oh, we're going to match it. They're going to hold your money as long as they can mm-hmm. because you shouldn't even make a bid. That's what they're trying to do. They're yep. trying to keep his payday. Hey, down. hey, if you're in that position. Play the game how you want to play it. I mean, like again, you're you're when you're rocking with restricted free agency, 
and you're the Lakers with Austin Reeves, you're you're in uh, as Jay Monahan said a control position. You yeah. are the one that dictates the pace. So yep. you know. Yep. Mike Maples, what's up, Mapes? Good to see you. Uh, Austin needs a good nickname because there's no chance in hell the media will use AR-15. Too sensitive of a subject. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, with you that. don't want another jaw? Come on, dude. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, forget Satan's giblets in that, Louis. Oh, Capazzo, come on. Come on. You're better than this. You're better than this. Papa Murphy's calzones loaded with blue cheese, mushrooms, and pepperoni. Because it's garbage. Nobody likes pepperoni. And nobody likes blue cheese wrapped inside a regular cheese, dude. Nobody. What are you talking about? Come on now, bro. Like, I know you. I know you're a good guy. Like, you're really, you're quality, bro. But these blue Blue cheese cheese takes are very mid, dude. They're very mid. You know, it makes me question your your ability to get to the free throw line. I mean, come on now. Um, Exactly, Mabe. So I appreciate that. Brandon Butler, what's up, dude? Uh, There are more busts now than you had uh, high school kids. Okay, again, family program. It's a family program. I'm so bricked up right now. I'll stop. There are more busts now than when you had high school kids coming into the NBA. The G League is fin- is a finishing school. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious what the best route to the NBA is. Is it through Australia? I think it depends who you are, bro. I mean, if you're a, if you're a big... Your path to the NBA is probably straight through college. If you're a point guard or a natural scorer or a gifted athlete, you've got options, man. And, and and I think it really depends on, you know, just what route you prefer. I mean, again, because of what LaMelo did, like, it, and just being so unconventional with how he went about it yeah. with LaVar, like, I just, I, yeah, I think it really depends who you are. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think one of the things that I've, I, I remain fascinated by this idea that that the G League is better than college. Because I also think the 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 social component of going to college it I think it matures you so much more quickly when you have to worry about your roommate farting on you. And <laughs> Or leaving his books or his laundry. You don't get that in the G League. You don't get that that house party. You don't get that decision making. It's your life is so automated in the yeah. G League. Yeah. Right? Like you I think it slows kids' development. And somebody like a Scoot Henderson, I think Scoot Henderson is so important for the G League. He needs to be good. Because I, I, the Thompson twins, facts need to be good. Like overtime elite, I mean they're facts. Pu- they're puppies, dude. Some of these academies are puppies. You know, and it, it it worries me that you see guys like Dante Exum. Yeah, didn't want to go to college. Didn't want to compete. Just wanted to go and build my body and get ready for the. Well, what happened? Y'all feel me? I want to see guys compete. Yeah. Even if it's just for a year, I want to see guys compete. I want to see Taylor Hendricks dominate the the competition. Even at UCF, even at that lower level last season. I want to see those guys compete. Yes. And Earn I think it. when you when you see them compete and you see them get after it and you a, a Taylor Hendricks is a really good example. There's tape out there of a block shot highlight reel of him 
just fucking dominating dudes. Yes. Hunting dudes. Yes. Like laying in Uncle wait. Real. Hiding to block shots. It's yeah, you're spectacular. Gonna have, dude, you're going to have a tough time. And even if it's with John on the floor next to Walker Kessler, you're going to have a tough time getting to the rack on the Jazz when two of those guys yeah. are on the floor, bro. Yes, you are. And and I think that's what this team needs. You need you need the singular ability to create transition opportunities for your wings in this league. Yes. And you do that through block shots and rebounds. Well, and what does having rim protection do? And this was Rudy Gobert's greatest asset for all you Jazz fans out there. Blocking shots, outletting leads to easy baskets. That's that was that was you know, the bread and butter, the lifeblood of what the Utah Jazz did under Quinn Snyder with the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert era. Yep. And, you know, when they would get out and run and they would be, you know, real, real diligent about getting transition baskets, you notice they win a lot of those ball games, uh, regardless of shooting sub 40% from three. And so when you look at, you know, again, the Walker Kesslers of the world, the Taylor Hendricks, you know, it's like the Bryce Sensabaugh issue. Right, yes. not a great defender. Yes. can get the can yes. get buckets on the offensive end. Well, what good is that if you if you're not a transition player? You're not, you know, this team. And this is what excites me about the Jazz this year specifically. The Jazz this year should be able to regulate their pace of play a little bit better. They were so inconsistent with it, and 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 I, I know Keontae George just drafted him rookie, obviously. But I have to think that if they can just go out and get, it doesn't need to be Fred Van Vliet level. You just need like a Tyus Jones or you need somebody to come in here and just run your point guard, run your offense, allow these guys to just go through the sets. Like if you do that, you're going to be a playoff team. Ultimately, I, I, I want to draft guys that have competed against bigger, better dudes. Yeah. And I think it's why LaMelo going through Lithuania and Australia was so good. And I think it's why somebody like a Josh Giddy, who played professional basketball in Australia, a an Austin Reeves who competed at one of the highest levels in college, or you look at the guys like, this is what worries me about Victor Wambanyama. Victor Wambanyama was a man child in France, playing against guys he was clearly better than. And what happened when he occasionally ran into the dude that was bigger and better than he was? Got his, ass, got his ass handed to him. That's what worries you is he's never, I don't want to draft guys who've never had adversity on the floor. I, I can't, I can't, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And my single biggest fear about Kobe Bryant when he was drafted by Charlotte flipped to the Lakers was he and LeBron too, by the way, they were always the bigger, badder SOB on the basketball floor. And LeBron came in and just destroyed this league from the jump. Kobe had some really difficult issues, like air balls in the playoffs, like, and then, but right about year two, something kicked in, right? We saw him come back and he was a different player. Now you don't get that opportunity, right? Now it is, you're drafting a, a Victor Wambanyama because he's seven foot five and he's got a wingspan the size of an oak tree and got to take him generational talent who's never competed against anybody that's significantly better than him mm -hmm. so let's see what happens that's what I want I want I want guys 
where I can mitigate my risk. And I think a lot of these young cats, you can't mitigate your risk. Yeah. Uh, Calzone says the G League putting those guys in the draft or would those guys basically be there regardless of where they spent last year? Yes. But what happens in the G League, Calzone, is that they, I mean, it's a pipeline, essentially. And I, I don't, I think most people know this, but they play in showcase tournaments all year. They have a G League schedule, but then they're off for a month because they're in Vegas playing in a showcase tournament. Yeah. Where the NBA all brings down their scouts and these guys compete head to head so that you can see development. And they do this multiple times throughout the year so you can see, hey, well, in, you know, November, Scoot just couldn't hit water from a boat. But man, in that showcase in January, right? Is like, this the tagger? that was the, that was the storyline. Yeah. On, Scoot, like he couldn't, wasn't a great shooter early. First showcase, meh. Second showcase, wait, he clearly leg circumference, shoulder circumference, like bigger body. Now all of a sudden the shot's going in more. Well, and he had that one ankle injury. Okay, but he came back and then he went right to the basket. So there's this story that's now being told. And then he goes through the G League season, gets better and better and better as the months go on. Faced adversity, had to compete, got beat badly at times. And then the last month of the season, he was really good. And then he showed up after they shut him down. He showed up the next day at the gym ready to work. And he went to work. And then what did they say about him in his, in his half dozen workouts he did before the draft? Dude was dominant. Body was stacked. Jump shot release was far better than any time it was during the showcases or the season. So I say all of this, Calzone, to tell you they have a pipeline. Yeah. And they give you a plan. This is, hey, we're the NBA. This is how you get to the, to the draft. Yep. That's the advantage. That's Guys the like point. Overtime Elite, like how good is the competition at Overtime Elite? In the G League, you're playing against men. Yeah, I think, that, you know, I think with Overtime Elite, like it's good enough to get the job done. I think when you're in the G League, it's just unquestioned. Yeah, it's, oh, it's Paris Bass and Frank Jackson and... Yeah, like true, like, hey, Jimmers, this guy could the, be in the NBA. The, 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 the guy who's just a cut below the NBA. Just a cut, but he can contribute up there. Like Potter for the Jazz or Doak or... You're competing against dudes. And I think that's the, that's the biggest difference. That's the biggest difference to me. Yeah. But hey, yeah. you know what? That's Absolutely. that's just me. Uh OG Gary said, imagine if Braun went to Europe. Oh my God. Uh Calzone says Wemby can block a fart. Okay. Okay. Mike Phillips, how about the you know educational component of college? No such Nobody thing. Nobody cares. No such thing. Um Salty Drunk, if you ask Giddy, he said he benefited greatly playing heavy minutes against seasoned players in the NBL. Well, what would he say? Oh, man, that NBL was shit, dude. It was terrible. I should have never gone there. Should've because gone, it's garbage. Should have gone to overtime elite. Actually, should have become a professional golfer. What do you think he's going to say? But he did, by the way. He did. And if you go back, it's all on YouTube. Like, I've seen the giddy highlights in the NBL. He was not the player he is now, but he competed. Yeah. So... Uh, Calzone, I think there are some intangibles added when guys play college. Yes. It shows they can manage the day-to-day -day responsibilities of going uh, to college alongside playing basketball. And NBA executives rave about the maturity level you get 
from just a two-year college player. Yeah. Just a guy who's been in, in, in college for two years. Why is Drew Timmy getting a shot? Undrafted, but he's getting a shot because he's a four-year college player. Yes. Why do so many guys from Gonzaga get shots? Because yeah, they go the there. Guy. Right? Yeah, they go and yeah. they stay. You look at the college, pro, like the Kansases and the Kentuckys, and not Kentucky lately, but the Kansas, the Michigans, the Carolinas, the Dukes. Yeah. Because you've got to perform at those schools. Once upon a many moons ago, UCLA. Yeah, I'm telling you, you got to perform. You got to perform. Um, yeah, I know that, Monty. I'm saying those ridiculously talented lottery pick dudes are navigating the difference between four or five, 11. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Salty Drunk says, great show, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good to see you, Salty. Yeah, Hope you're bro. well, my man. Hope you're well. All right, let's get uh, let's get a couple of non-sports stories in here today um, because we got to talk about this Costco protecting membership thing. What are you, Netflix? Yeah, who are you, Netflix, you prick? Um, I hate self-checkout. Mm -hmm. I am pro-union. Admittedly, I was a cashier when I was a teenager and through my early 20s, it pays a lot of bill for me. Like, I will never use self-checkout to the point where Jake and I will argue over going to self-checkout or not. I hate it. And I hate it because that's a bunch of people who don't have jobs and who are not earning money because a computer is there. Now I get it. Get off my lawn. That's going to be the normal now. Yeah, totally understand it. You're right. And I'm going to push it off as long as I can. So when Costco has this argument over, well, you know, Jan gave her son Steve her Costco card so he could go fill up with gas. You can't turd. Okay, and the problem with that is what? Because that's how it works nowadays. And like this self-checkout thing, get rid of the self-checkout and then you can start carding people. Yeah, because what are people doing? Well, they're rolling into Costco with someone else's card. Because, you know, you know, homie or homegirl at the entrance of Costco isn't checking names on the cards. So like, oh, hey, yeah, well, yeah, here you, you go. You just have to show if you don't have a Costco membership. There is a person, usually a smiling female employee, with a clicker in her hand. And she is going to look at you for a Costco card. And you're going to show her your card, and she's going to click it and click it. You, me and my wife do this all the time. Click, click. All right, thanks. They don't look at the name on the card. They just want to see a Costco membership card. So you can fix this one of two ways. When you check out, have somebody check their ID on the card. That's uncomfortable. People will stop going to Costco if you do that. So I think th I think this is all bloviation. Last time I went to Costco was Saturday. I believe it was. Maybe Sunday. Okay. Checking out. How many boxes of condoms did you buy? Uh, none. You didn't buy um, any? And I, you know, take the Costco card out, get it scanned before she rings me up. And she took my card out of my hand and did the whole, hey, look at the face on the picture. Look at me. Look at the she face did? on the picture. Look at me. Yeah. She verified. And I was like, well, you guys like verifying Costco cards now or what's what's the word? That's weird to me. Yeah. And and she was like, yeah, we have to check now because there's been some issues. And I was like, OK, but this this concept for Costco is not difficult. You're either going to be the company that philosophically says we're good with sharing because that means more people are going to spend more money inside our building, or you are the company that says philosophically we're not okay with sharing and we're getting rid of self-checkout to prevent sharing. 
Costco membership policy has not changed, a Costco spokesperson told uh, Fox Business. We have always asked for membership cards at our registers at the time of checkout, but you never fucking card anybody. I've never been carded at Costco. Now, are you telling me that's because I'm an old fat guy? Could be. And is Jake somebody that looks like a young, thin buck who wouldn't have a Costco membership? Could be. Could be. Um, The Dallas Morning News reported earlier uh, that the company is doing the almost the same thing as Netflix recently did in the US. And they're saying that the reason they're doing it is that their memberships are quote, non-transferable and that all of their, or the majority of their theft comes from people who either borrow memberships or don't have a membership at all. And so they steal from them Because you can, I don't know how many people know this, you can go to Costco and you can buy hot dogs without a membership. You like go up to the food court. Yeah. But they say that that leads to theft. Yeah, because you can sneak. And so they're cracking down on it. Yeah. And listen, I get it. I get it. Um, You have the ability to pay, I think it's $12 a month more so that anybody in your household can use your membership. Mm Mm-hmm. But why do you care? You, you are a retail store. You are going to lose product. You're going to have theft. But if the majority of people come and go through the same entrance, you need to make sure that you have people who don't let empty-handed shoppers walk out the front door. Or you, it's 90 degrees out. Why are you wearing that parka, sir? <laughs> right? Like it, There's ways to handle this. Yeah. And if you want, if you want to protect your store, make people scan a membership card to get in. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. I am a faithful Costco shopper. I shop at Costco every week. Mrs. Monty and I food prep from Costco. Right. And I'm not going to stop going there. But if this gets weird, if this gets weird, it's probably going to change how often I go there. Yeah. And I just, it's this whole concept of like, like, you and I did this for a long time, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, hey, we're going on a road trip and, you know, we're, we're taking two cars. Yeah, dude, you can. we just both go to Costco. It's not like I'm going to go to Costco and you're going to go to Chevron, right, for gas, as an example. Or, you know, whatever it is, family shares stuff. That's the essence of a family, especially when you have kids. So the idea that Jimmy the 10-year-old is going to roll up with his own Costco membership to me is ridiculous, and, yeah. I, and, and, and it annoys me. And doesn't that grow your future memberships when you let mom's kid use it? Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, Jake looks a tad bucked up. Are you bucked up right now? I don't know what that means, bro. I don't know what that means either, but I do know that Bucked Up is the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Make sure you use promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout. And again, here we are flying through the show. Right, hour number three, feeling as good as I felt because two hours ago I took a buck shot, which is clean, long-lasting energy that's going to power you through the rest of your day. And I've talked about it openly on the show. I've lost a bunch of weight in the last couple of months. I've lost about 30 pounds. What do you bet? And I attribute almost all of it to bucked up because whether it's the buck bar, whether it is the buck shot, the, you know, the, the bucked up energy drinks that have zero sugar but give me really nice level energy i'm telling you their protein powders their greens their collagen extracts like or collagen peptides 
They're they're phenomenal. They're the real. when you hear bucked up, it's quality product, quality ingredients, good energy, and you know what else? The thing I love about bucked up, they just perform. It does what it the buckshot does what it says it's gonna do. That's why I love these bars so much right now, the buck bars. You guys, if you have not tried the new protein bar from Bucked Up, they're called Buck Bars, and the ingredient list is freaking phenomenal. Thanks. Reliable energy and nutrition because their ingredients are fabulous. They use whey protein isolate, um, lactose-free protein. Um, it is unbelievable. I love it. They use sweeteners like dates so that you don't have huge insulin spikes uh, like you get from protein bars that are full of sugar. Um, they're gluten-free. Um, and the other thing that I'll tell you is they actually taste good. I hate protein bars. I am the guy that, that eats a protein bar, not because I like it, but because. Um, oh, wow. Dude. Oh, no. Ryan Mallett died. Former Arkansas and NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett dead at the age of 35. Um, oh, that's terrible, dude. That's brutal. Uh, get your free bucked up uh, sampler pack of bars in the description below. Um, and if, you, uh, if you're a supplement guy, get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY to save 20% off at checkout. Uh, former Arkansas and NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett uh, died Tuesday, according to the school district where he coached high school football. Um, that's really, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, the guy was 35 years old. Um, that's, uh, they're not saying what his cause of death was, but wow, that is, that's tough, dude. That's tough. Mallet said, uh, I always knew I was going to coach. It's just natural for me. I understand it. I get how things work. You get to teach kids the right way at a young age. And that's something I really enjoy. Oh, wow. What a bummer. Ryan Mallett passes away at the age of 35. Yeah. Seems like me bitching about Costco memberships is less important. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about this Dallas Cowboy golf course thing. We need, a we need to make yeah, a decision. Yeah, we got to make this. a decision on this, and we want your guys' help. So you know that we are going to Big 12 Football Media Days on July 12th and 13th, presented by our friends at Big, uh, BladeHQ.com. Mm -hmm. uh, BladeHQ.com. The... The best blades from the best knife companies. Um, you look at the quality of their product. They have outdoor equipment. And of course, any kind of blades you need, any kind of knife you need, they have the best knives from the best knife makers. I'm telling you, BladeHQ.com has been a game changer for us. Thanks. Local company here in Utah. Great people to do business with. BladeHQ.com. Go check them out. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, but we will be at Big 12 Football Media Days in Dallas. And there are tea times available at the Dallas Cowboys football, uh, at the Dallas Cowboys golf club. Yeah. But, gosh damn it, for both of us to play with clubs, it's $720. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Bro, what? 700 Bro, that's more than my car payment, dog. Seven, seven hundred and twenty dollars. Now you get food included. That's clubs. Like, there's a lot that goes for seven hundred twenty dollars. You get cart 
food, drink, golf club rentals, two sleeves of balls, and a premium leather glove. And I still can't see paying that. It's a lot, dude. If we had clubs, it'd be two forty-four per person. Food. It's a and little drink, better. It's a little better. And cart included. Ah, that seems like so much money. Yeah, it does. I, and I, I, I'm leaning towards not doing it. Yeah, I gotta. I tend to agree. The other thing I'm worried about is it's like a thousand degrees in Texas right now. And this is two weeks from now. Yeah. It's like a thousand degrees in Texas. <clears throat> and the tea times would be in the afternoon. Ooh. Because we're working those two days. And so on the 13th, we would go and play golf. Yeah. But you know it's going to be at least a hundred degrees. At least. And it's probably a lot to expect ourselves to work all day, then go golf, and then get up again and work all day again. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. That's a lot, bro. And we're off on that Friday. So, yeah, yeah I don't think. I mean, it's tough. Like, okay, let's say that you were like, okay, what would you be win Would you be willing to pay 700 bucks to play Pebble? How about that? Yeah. Oh, or to yes. play Augusta. Yes. yes. Or, oh, my God, Augusta. Augusta, Pebble. Uh, yeah. I, all of Tory Pines, Tory Pines, you know, you know, t you know, the Edgewood uh, at Tahoe. Like there are a lot of courses. I, eh, probably not Edgewood, but there, Pebble Beach. Yes. Tory Pines. Yes. TPC Scottsdale. Beth Page Black. Yes. Yeah. All the TPC great courses. Sawgrass. All the great courses. Yes. And the problem is this and this is part of the problem. Is that we have, we play at Canyons. That's yeah. our home course. Canyons yes. Golf is our home course. Yes, it is. And we know for a fact that the Cowboys Golf Course is not nearly as nice as Canyons and Golf. And I think that's really the trouble. It's like you're paying so much. Dude. And ultimately, what are you paying for when you pay that much? Well, you want a premium course. The food is nice, but I can get fat at Jack in the Box five minutes from the golf course, right? Like, okay... When I'm going to Dallas for work and I'm just trying to, you know, get a quick round in there, yeah. I'm cool playing crap clubs, right? Would you agree with that? Like, you know, if you're on the road and you're not traveling your clubs, you're good with playing whatever they got. You're just out there to have fun with it at that point because you're not playing with your clubs. You're basically the, just there to experience the course and whatever happens, happens. It, it really ain't a big deal. Oh, man. Ryan Mallet passed away. In a swimming accident in Florida. Dude, why are the water accidents lately, dude? Uh, what are we doing? What Delta are we doing? Plex News reported that Mallet drowned in the Destin, Florida area, about 50 miles up the Gulf Coast from Panama Beach, from Panama City Beach, um, where there have been seven swimming deaths in nine days due to an intense rip current from the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, wow. That sucks. Brutal, bro. Yeah, that sucks. You knew it had to be something like that. He's 35 years old. Damn. Ryan Mallett passed away today at the age of 35. But I, the problem for us is that we play at Canyons. Yeah. So we're we, spoiled. We, we play at Canyons, and it's, it's a Pristine. good course. Hey, Aaron Wilson joins the membership, or at least I think he rejoined. Rejoin. 
looks so. I guess it didn't auto renew. You got to click the auto renew button. Yeah, there's a which we always appreciate. You know, it's kind of like the Bob Craft box. You got to check it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's more than a lot of house payments. I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. I know. That's the problem, man. I, I can't, in good conscience, do it. Yes, yes, St. Andrews Mapes. Hell yes. Saint yes, Andrews. the Olympic mark. Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Fairways will be brown in Texas, dude. I, I just don't think I can do it. I, I don't think I can do it. Uh, that at least that's like, me. Like the course in Hawaii. Okay, cool, cool. You know, like <sighs> cool. Yeah, I'm going. I'll pay for Hawaii. Yeah, Kapalua. Because because in Hawaii, and, and you guys are going to be all pissed about this. We're not doing shows in Hawaii this year. It's not happening. No, we're on vacation for Thanksgiving in Hawaii this year. We're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. there, I'm willing to do it because it's like, hey, vacation for Big Twelve Media Day. Vacation, all we're I we're wanted. there for three days. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, oh, that's nice of you, Aaron. I went to buy a membership for someone else, and I was not a member. You're the best, Aaron. You always take care of us. I appreciate that. Um, Mark three twenty four. Yes to the Country Club in Brookline. Yes. Hell yes, dude. Hell yes. I, is there anything to the travelers needing to be a more difficult tournament? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just not, dude, it's, I'm not watching PGA tour golf to watch these guys shoot 25. No, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not watching that because again, like you might as well just come out to my home course or your home course, or just come out to some easy course by pro standards. You know, like I'm, I want to watch, I want someone to be putting to, to get to five under to win the tournament, you know, or whatever, like, the cut should not be three under like it was, or I think it ended up being four under, actually. Dude, that the, should not be the cut. The 25 under at one point, or 26 under at one point, Keegan Bradley, who won the tournament, was 26 under par. That's too easy. And Rory McIlroy talked about it. I, I agree. By the way, what do you make of this live golf thing? Because I think, did you guys see the, uh, the live, live golf update that... Live Golf is being investigated by the federal government, mm -hmm. the merger between Live Golf and the PGA Tour. And as part of that, they had to file documentation. So, of course, our senators all leaked it to media. So we now know that the PGA Tour is in control because the agreement adds, quote, the PGA Tour will at all times maintain controlling voting interests in the new company and the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, which is Saudi Arabia, will continue to hold a non-controlling voting interest. Jay Monahan will be the CEO and have control of it. The PGA Tour will remain uh, its, in its standing as the dominant global circuit for professional golf, controlled by players and the commissioner who answers to them. And Live Golf will allow their players, and the PGA Tour will create a pathway for players to come back and it's likely that this will be fines and a suspension. So if you went to the Live Golf Tour, you will be fined and suspended, and then you will be allowed to rejoin. Greg Norman apparently uh, will never have a role in the new company. And it is specifically stipulated that no active Live Golf player can be banned from rejoining the PGA Tour or the DP Tour which is the European tour. Mm. Do you feel better knowing these details? Not really. 
Not really. I, I mean, agree. I, I still think, you know, it's all the players coming out saying, hey, this is better for the game of golf. Yeah, it's not untrue that it's better to unify these different tours and kind of bring them together to sort of build efficiency. I, I understand that point, but I just can't get away from the fact that the Saudis are, are the chair on your board. Yeah. They just are. Yusir is the chair, and and that really bothers me. And I know the paperwork says Jay Monahan is in control and yada, 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 yada. But we know how business is actually done. Yes. Money is in control, and the Saudis run money. And while I have no problem saying I hate the Saudis, it like the way they have money makes it so that they can control a lot of different things. And so my question is going to be, okay, there's this whole thing where they're studying team play from Live, and is that going to be in the PGA? One of the stipulations like, is that the PGA Tour will fund and execute a study that will be statistically based on the interest level and effectiveness of team play in professional golf. And almost nobody on the PGA Tour, and really the guys on the Live Tour have as much said so, is interested in continuing team golf. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't work. It was not an effective draw. It was a distraction is what most people have described Because it what as. is golf? Golf is an individual sport. That's the heart of golf. It is yeah. an individual, you against the world sport. Yeah. And what is the point of the Ryder Cup if you're just going to play team-based stuff all the time? Yeah. By the way, Dante DiVincenzo declined his $4.7 million option. You think 40% three-point shooters that play 72 games a year get paid? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Uh, I think live golf can suck it. I am wholeheartedly against this merger. It's not nearly as bad as the PGA players thought it was going to be, and it's not nearly as good as Jay Monahan told him it will be. It's somewhere in the middle. Agreed. Uh, Maury Monty is the way Alvarez. The whole deal is as is as clear as swamp water. I mean, that is super clear. <laughs> clear enough that a shark bites someone's hand off. Game wrong. Game wrong. Uh, Baja, Oklahoma. Aaron Wilson said, I'm from Lubbock. I suppose I'm biased to consider Dallas-Fort Worth, East Texas. <laughs> okay. I think that's slanderous. Uh, I think that's slanderous. It is. Uh, I am I am anti the yeah. live golf thing. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I want to talk about this incident I had at Maverick this morning. Yeah. This is a good one. Pay attention to this. This is a good one. So I, I meet a lot of people who watch our show. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm out and about. I love talking to people. If you ever run into me, please say hello. But please do not pay me compliments. <laughs> Alleged compliments. So I walk into Maverick off of 31st this morning. And I am there to get a 40-ouncer of energy drink. Yeah. So I'm looking for two bucked-up Miamis. Yeah. And I'm looking for a Maverick breakfast burrito, which yes, is yes, one yes. of the greatest delights ever. They had neither. So I'm standing there deciding what shitty energy drink I was going to buy. Because, of course, that Maverick didn't carry. <laughs> they were sold out of the bu of Bucked Up. Oh, they were sold out. Okay. They were sold out. Yeah. Um, and this dude walks up to me. And now I cannot remember his name. Buddy. Uh, Mark. 
Same thing. Mark. M-A-R-C. Oh. Mark. Hi, Mark. I only know this because he had on a uh, work badge. He is a data scientist. So he's kind of smart. Not kind of smart. We had a nice little 45-second conversation rolling. We were talking about his... I was like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, I found you guys uh, because you were right on the Rudy Gobert trade, and I started watching all your videos, and I'm a Utah grad, and I'm fascinated by the Pac-12, and he was just going on and on and on. And he's like, by the way, you you don't look nearly as big as you do on TV in person. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. So immediately, are you going into full like, hey, you're an asshole mode? Or what is your response to this? I laughed and I was like, oh, I think that's a compliment. Thank you. And, and he started and, talking shit. And he's like, oh, no, no, that, no. I, what I meant was you look really good. I can see you've lost a bunch of weight. And he's like, your um, face is much. That, that. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um you don't look nearly as big in person as you do on TV. That's the untrained eye. Fuck. So, okay, but how did you really feel? Were you upset about this or what was your... It didn't make me feel good. Well, of course not, but that we're not asking... I know it didn't make you feel good, but the question is how bad did it make you feel? Because <laughs> nobody likes to hear something like, hey, dude, you're not as fat on the on in person as you are on the tube. Well, come listen, on, bro. Listen, come on. The bro. next time somebody calls me fat, Jesus. will not be the first or the last time. But but like, right? but like, is it worse that it's it? Dude meant well, but it came off he so did, poorly. He did. He Mark meant well, <laughs> and he felt terrible when he because it's one of those things where you're like, wow, fat ass. You're not nearly as fat in person, <laughs> you fat fuck. Right, like. That's what this was. <laughs> and I, that's why I laughed. I felt bad for him. Uh-huh. But when I was walking out and he, we walked out together and he joked about my license plate. And when I walked out. So he knew what your license plate meant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he knew that I called my car Hank. Like, and, how, and how old is this guy at ballpark? Like 30s, 40s, 50s? Like, what are we talking about? I'd put him in his 30s. He wants to golf with us. Oh, okay. I'd put him in his 30s. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, okay. But he felt really bad, and I felt bad for him. But it doesn't feel good when somebody's like, oh, wow, look, Chubbs, you don't look nearly as fat in person as you do on TV. You know. And it's cool. It's I'm not I'm not mad at him. I'm not upset. But it doesn't feel great. Right, right. Yeah, you and... but. I, I, what I want, what I, what I'm, my whole point in this is, look, I, I love when you guys, and he said, I've seen you before. I just didn't say hello, which I hear a lot. And I want people to say hello to me. I like talking to you. Guys. It's it. great to meet you in person. Just don't give me, don't compliment, don't give me compliments. Don't, don't, it, yeah, don't. It's don't. not about what you tried to do. And then the worst part is I get in the car and Howard Stern is talking about the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And he hit the nail on the head when he's like, it plays to every insecurity that you have. It does. Absolutely it does. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah, it plays you're like, to every insecurity. Because you're like, oh, well, how do people view me? Or like, you know, you start going down the, the rabbit no, hole. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. It's I've lost 30 pounds and I still look fat. 
right? Like that's exactly what went through my mind. If we're being totally honest. Here I am. Like I've worked really hard and it's like, damn. You know, but you just, I, you just have to keep rolling because it, it just is what it is, man. But it was one of those situations where it was just like, I get it. You're not, he wasn't mean spirited. You know what the, the real ball breaker is though? You didn't even get what you were there for. No, I didn't get fat like, by you, eating you, a breakfast burrito. <laughs> went in there and got bag slapped. <laughs> and I wind up coming back to the studio eating my, my high fiber heritage flakes. Which is probably what should have happened. So it was this perfect circle of fat ass not being able to get fat, but being reminded that he's fat. So you should go eat high fiber cereal, you fat ah. fuck. And, you know, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the issue is, is that, like, for me, I can blend in a little bit, right? Because I'm not, like, I'm, I, I can look like average douchebag walking around the street. I can do that. Man, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. People see you. They know you instant. It's not one of those things like nobody's ever going to walk up to you and be like, hey, are you Monty? That's no. not going to happen. When they ask that, they know you're Monty. Yeah. Dude I'm, at the I'm, gym. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, like, I'm just a big dude. I am. And not even I don't even mean like I had a small I had a small Asian woman and I can't remember where this was. <laughs> Wasn't this Walnut Creek? I believe it was. Um but she was a small Asian woman and she looked up at me and she's like, wow, you're a giant. <laughs> Bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Did you say that to Bob too? Or Fuck, is that man, standard? Like, so I understand that I am a big guy. Like if, if I don't, it's why I don't stand up to talk to people who are sitting down. Mm -hmm. And if you ever meet me and we're talking, I will try to sit down because I know that when I'm standing and I talk, I talk loud, I talk with authority and it intimidates people. Mm -hmm. I know that to be fact. How long did it take you to figure that out? It took me a really long time. I, you know, early, early, when you work in radio, in the generation that I worked in radio, you are, you are somewhat of a celebrity. Mm -hmm. It took me until I moved to St. Louis and I was doing TV, pre and post game TV with the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. And people would routinely walk up to me at Mike Shannon's restaurant next to the ballpark. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Really nice to meet you. And I just, I just remember one time, I'll never forget it. There was a, a dad and his kid who came up and said, oh, your show's great. And we really enjoy having you here. And, and I, I looked down and I, I went to shake the kid's hand and he like pulled away. Right. That was a moment that I, I remember saying to myself, man, that kid is scared of me. Right. You know, like, and, and I'll, I will never forget that. I'm just telling you. It's okay. Like, I, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm a big guy and I realize that. But when you walk up to somebody, you probably, you probably don't want to be commenting on people's weight. I'm a man. And as men, we do this shit all the time to women. Like, you know, hey, that shirt looks great on you. You wouldn't say that to your friend. Hey, that, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey. Dude, bro, your hair looks really good today. Look, Eme, take it easy. Right? You wouldn't, but as men, we'll do that to women all the time. Yeah. We won't shake a woman's hand. We'll try and hug them. It's little shit like that that we do all the time. Regularly. 
So would you, like, why would you walk up to me and be like, man, you are not nearly as fat in person as you are on TV? <laughs> like, like I, it, it's just, it's not something <laughs> I would recommend you say the first time you meet a motherfucker. Like, it, you, you, you know, like, yeah. and yeah. then you finish that up with, well, oh. hey, man, you, you know, we, dude, we got to get you down to, because he heard us talking about golfing in Mesquite and the Jeezy. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were about to roll out. Hey, we need to get you down to a certain weight, and I was like, he did not. No, say no, that. no, no. He's like, we need to get you down the to the Jeezy and and Mesquite. You know, like we take a boys trip every year. He was. It's one of those like. Yeah. So he's yeah. a real. Mark's a really nice guy. Yeah. I, we're not talk. We're not talking about this to to run Mark through the ringer. Dude. No. Mark just happens to be the conduit no. to the conversation. I mean, this has happened. I, I mean, you. Uh, you know doing the show with you for a you know almost a decade now like yeah. you know yeah aaron yo money is hitting a lot of points i can relate to six three two twenty five can't hide anywhere but do you see what I, that's exactly you what i'm saying like, you anywhere. don't have the luxury being like yeah well today i i don't want to run into anybody i'm not in the mood so i'm just gonna put a ball cap on and no it, like you don't have that, that luxury and i like meeting people i like like mrs monty and i were at costco i think i told this story on the show one of the Costco guys came up to me and was like, hey, Monty, I listen to your show all the time. Appreciate you. Like, I like meeting people. Yeah. I like when you come up and say hello. Just don't comment on my weight. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Like, oh, man, dude. I often wonder <laughs> if, if people, I think what happens to people, and I could be wrong, but I'd love to know if anyone in the comment section has met, met Monty before us or whatever. I think when people... When someone sees a celebrity, right, or someone that they listen to but don't know or whatever, right, someone like us, they get kind of awestruck at first. And then they're like, oh, shit, like, I actually have to, like, say something to you, right? Cause well, because there's a lot of weirdness that happens when people are like, you get that look like, oh, hey, that's... Is that actually dude? Yeah, you get a lot of that. And so it's like, okay, well, the first thing they're going to... they're gonna tr The first thing we do as humans is try to find anything that we can do to relate or like to yes. just break ice or start a conversation. And so Mark, m like many before him, the first thing they want to do is comment on someone's weight because they're trying to pay you a compliment to break the ice to be nice. And of nice. course, this fucking guy is ripped, by the way. Like is he he's, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what was he wearing on his feet? Hokas. He's wearing hokas. And we talked about his hokas. I'm just... I... Anyway. But do you see what I mean? How, like, people are trying to break the ice and be nice, but through that being nice, they're actually... Yeah, you say things you shouldn't say, that's all. But I, I love when... You, I can always tell there's a lot of people... I'm acutely aware of what's around me because I'm always worried that there's going to be, like, a mass shooting or another COVID outbreak. But you can always tell when people the are... coronavirus. Most people will look at you. Like at the gym, they'll look at you across the gym. Like, you, oh, he didn't know. Like, that mm -hmm. happens all the time. It's all the time. Uh, Todd James says, I think I'm 170 soaking wet. Lost 20 to 30 pounds over the last couple of years. Way to go, kid. Good for you, dude. Way to go. Uh, Aaron said, last 5 to 10 pounds is insanely tough. I've already lost 50 plus, dude. And... I don't have a number, but yeah, dude, that last five to 10 is always, mm -hmm. if, if I had my way, I would love to lose 30, 40 more pounds. And then whatever comes off after that is gravy. Golf has been critical. Golf's been critical, man. Like, 
Yeah. It, it's huge. It is huge. Maury says, uh, sometimes you lose a filter when you are talking to a celebrity. That's what but, I mean. But I don't That's really, what I mean. I don't view myself as some famous celebrity. But I think person. you don't have the ability. Like, I think it's so case to case. Like, we, like all the people who have DM'd you over the years, who have said, hey, man, like, you really saved me or like, you know, your show was yeah. this huge thing in my life. Like, like, I think that's the one, that's one thing that's kind of hard from our side of, of the show is like, yeah, like we have hundreds of thousands of views a month in the state and, you know, X amount nationally, but you never really know how, just how impactful you are to no. people until you talk to those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you meet people in the wild, as they say, out in the world, it's just a crazy experience because there is this awkwardness because they are rather starstruck. And yeah. then, you know, once they're like, oh, yeah, you're just another dude. Like, you're just like me. You just do a show. It's chill. It's fine. Yeah. Dude, losing weight and being healthy is so critically important and yet so almost impossible for most of us to achieve. I mean, I, I just, it, it is, I am not sensitive. Like, I am not, I'm not. It's even hard for me to say it out loud. I am not a bad golfer. I'm far more sensitive about my weight and my look than I am about the way I golf. Do you know how hard it is for me to post videos of me golfing because I hate the way I look? It, it's, I don't care that my swing's ugly. I care that I'm fat. <laughs> right? Like that's the, yeah. that's the whole thing for me, dude. Like it, it is, it is absolutely the truth. That's yeah, real. That it is hard to look at it. There are days. And there are good days and bad days, but there are days where it's hard to look in the mirror and be like, damn, dude, you've lost over 30 pounds. And, you know, sometimes it's my neck. Sometimes it's, you know, like I, sometimes it's my, I want to have better definition of my arms. One of the things I really struggled with when I was lifting six days a week, like my arms just never looked as good as I wanted them to. Mm -hmm. Now that I, I, I lift occasionally, I don't lift very often at all anymore. That's a wintertime thing for me. But now that I, I don't lift as much and I'm losing fat, I see all the muscle in my arm now. And I'm like, damn, dude, you should have kept lifting. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's never good enough. Yeah. It's never good yeah. enough. And it's terrible for your, for your mental health. It, it is. It's terrible for your mental health. You know, like it is. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. You know, like it's just. Mm. Uh, Tom says, I don't think I've ever walked 18 holes. Oh, I've walked a ton of 18 holes. It's just, I don't like at canyons. You cannot walk the course of canyons, but it takes too long. Yeah. Like for me, it's not a fitness thing. Like well, look at this blues versus blacks thing with the T's. Yes. So we played the blues exclusively. So this Darren, past Ingram, Darren Ingram up at canyons golf. And most of you who watch this show know this canyons golf is, is our, it's our golf course. We, yes. It's where we play the people there, the staff there. I was telling Darren, they have this, this girl that it works with customers when you, know, when you show up. She'll take your bags. Friendly, smiles, really nice all the time. Excellent at her job. Like you get that all the time there. Like it's, it's, it's our house. It's where we play, right? Well, Darren was like, you guys need to stop this playing from the blacks thing, which is the longest tee box. Mm -hmm. He's like, you need to play from the blues. And so finally, I took his advice on Sunday. And it took off like 20 minutes of, of time in our round. I want to say it took off 20 minutes of playing time. Yeah. Because the angle is so completely different. Like the drive, there's like what we call the gondola hole, I think is 13. 
The 13th hole has a uh, gondola that runs down the right side of it. That's the hardest hole on the course for me. Mm -hmm. It's it's long. It's a 500-yard par 5. It's long. You have to be precise off the tee box from the blacks. Yeah. We rolled up to the blues, and it was like, well, goddamn. Yeah. Get to the green in two. You're on the green in two. I hit a be- – well, <clears throat> my drive on Sunday was not good. Saturday, I was on the green in two. Uh, on in three, actually. Sunday, my drive was not good. I hit a beautiful three iron – or a three wood. I lost it right. And then hit a 52-degree wedge off of a mountaintop over a tree and over a – uh, a ski lift. Yeah. Tower. A ski tower. Yeah. Right onto the green. It was beautiful. Uh, and of course, missed the uh, birdie putt because it's a par five and I, w- I should have had a four there, but I can't putt to save my balls. But anyway, the point is, <coughs> it's so much easier <coughs> to play that course from the blues. <laughs> like, I, just, I, I think that there's, you know, yes, you can play from the blacks, but that's not the point. I mean, I, no. I, for me, you know, for me, like, I, I do think the Blues are a happy medium. Yeah. Can we play the Blacks? Yeah. Yes. We can. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. I would love to get to a place where I could shoot high 70s regularly with, like, ease from the Blues before I play the Blacks again. Because I think once you learn how to dominate the Blues, then you should move to the Blacks. Because the Blacks, just adding yardage makes it that much harder. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is the blues is way easier. <laughs> like there are so many holes playing the, um, the 12th hole, which is a par three over a lake. So much easier. Now I hit it in the bunker because I drove it over the green. I needed to be an eight iron <laughs> instead of a seven because I was from the blues. Drove it over the green, landed in a bunker. But it's a completely different way to play golf. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. And it, it is... It's a different experience. So before we get out of here real quick, we got to talk about this SMU thing with John Canzano again. Because I, I don't understand. John Canzano went on a podcast day and said, SMU is going to pay $70 million as an entry <laughs> to get into the Pac-12 to avoid... Or to help offset the Comcast $70 million. They will make no money in the year one. They will take no payment in year one. And they will pay $70 million to get in. So there's a huge conversation on Twitter right now. Um, John Canzano tweeted, if, someone, if SMU is invited into the Pac-12, its collective, the Boulevard, would immediately be the conference's second most wealthy donor collective. And th- this con- conversation broke out. And the thing I don't understand is why does anybody, why does anybody, anybody think that SMU is going to pay $70 million to join the Pac-12? I, 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 that's crazy. They, I'm telling you, it's what I told you yesterday. They know The Pac-12, their membership knows the number already. They know what the TV deal is. Our sources have told us they are haggling behind the scenes, trying to get all 10 people to sign on. Canzano also said today that it was going to be much more than the Big 12's deal. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I, it drives me crazy that now we're in an SMU propaganda fucking machine. It's SMU's not paying $70 million. No. 
and then taking nothing. That would be no TV media rights payments for two calendar years. They're not doing that. Yeah. Nobody can sustain that. Nope. Nobody can sustain that. I don't care that. how big your collective is. Dude, you're not doing that. I cannot wait for this to be over. I cannot wait for this to be over. Like, I am telling you now. I don't even know how much more clearly I can say it. I believe that SMU will get an invitation. Once they have a grant of rights in place, and a, a media, which means a media deal is done, the grant of rights is signed by anybody who's going to sign it. They will add San Diego State. My guess is it'll be SMU. Because most of the presidents in this league who don't want to leave the league, by the way, also don't want to go past Texas in expansion. That's an arbitrary line for them. Yeah. So I just don't see how we're... Yeah. You really think they're going to pay $70 million and take no money for two... Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Gregory Cohn says, shame, Monty, you're a better reporter than this. Well, one, I'm not a reporter. Yeah, we're not reporters, dude. You know. And I'm not sure what you're saying shame about. Yeah. Jimmy says, I play from the blues on the second shot. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go, right? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It just makes me crazy that... I, I don't know where... And I respect John's career... Like I've said a thousand times on this show, I've known John as a professional. I've, we're not friends. I don't know him personally. He's been to my show several times in my career. I have no idea where he's gone. Because this idea, him going on a, a podcast, and I don't know if anybody watches that podcast or not. Don't care. It's their, it is now their all-time most watched podcast. And he is evangelizing that SMU is going to pay $70 million. Schemers trying to control their little world. Yeah, dude. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> hey, man, if SMU is paying $70 million to get into the SEC, you'd be like, all right, that's a fair price. Fuck Nick it. Saban is a better man than right? you are. You're going to pay $70 million to, and let's say it is more than the Big 12. Thir let's call it $32 million. So let me get this right. Year one, you're going to take nothing in return and you're going to cut a check for $70 million or your boosters are. Somebody is and you're not going to realize $70 million. Gone. It's gone. So that year two, you can get... 15? Maybe. Because you're not getting the full freight. You're not. You're SMU. You're not getting the full freight for probably five years. Oh, what are you talking about, man? Which is going to be the total of the deal because they're not doing a 10-year deal in the Pac-12 anymore. It's going to be a, a, a three to five year deal. So you're never going to get full freight and you're going to take two years without revenue, give up a check for $70 million and then take a, 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 a pittance in share. That makes no sense. Yet, yeah. here you go, the mouthpiece of the Pac-12 out there spreading like just ridiculousness. Yep. Yep. I, I don't. Yep. There you go. I've said my piece. If you want to hear the, my thoughts, we talked about this earlier, go for it. It's all at the beginning of the show. Yep. Which, as usual, The Monty Show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, UtahAdvocates.com, where you never pay a single penny to talk to an attorney. My friends, you can go there right now and chat with an attorney live online at theadvocates.com where you do not pay the advocates unless and until they win your case until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.